This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Carlson, Carlson, världens bästa Carlson. Carlson, Carlson, hoj här kommer Carlson. Carlson, Carlson, ingen faktiskt, ingen annan Carlson vill jag så bra som mig. Carlson, Carlson, Carlson scores! Carlson, Carlson, världens bästa Carlson. Vackra, snälla, Thank you, everybody, for joining us for the final regular season episode of the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast, the best fantasy hockey podcast in the world, hosted by two guys who own Eric Carlson in their keeper pools. Woo! Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I guess I already said that. I'm Elon Dubrowski. I'm your host. With me is the fantasy hockey robot, the ad drop ace, the IPP MVP, Brian Com. Hello, Elon, the IR superstar. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our last regular season episode elon what a finish to the fantasy hockey season for any league that still happens to be going there's some points leagues that go all the way the head-to-head leagues are the ones that definitely should have stopped earlier but if you are in a points league or for whatever reason another league that went right up until the end of the season there were four hat tricks on the final day of the season not counting like the the makeup game on sunday with boston and florida and there were seven hat tricks in the last week of the regular season. And those absolutely must have decided several fantasy matchups right at the end. Can you name who got those hat tricks, Elon, on the last day? Don't put me on blast. Right away. Okay. Well, well, you're forgiven because all your pools are over. And once your pools are over, it's fair to not be on top of this. Claude Giroux, Philip Forsberg, Jamie Benn, and Mark Jankowski were the hat trickers on the last day of the season. Patrick Berglund, Justin Brown and Jamie Ben uh, had two hat tricks in the last five days of the season. So good for him. Man, a lot of goals were probably decided. Like a lot of people who have goals as a category, it was decided by these hat tricks, probably. Yeah, like there is an argument to be made. Like I think we were too harsh last week in calling these leagues clown leagues that go all the way to the end. Yes, there are players resting, which does make it tough, but there clearly are players playing hard. This is hockey being played and people getting these hat tricks. Kind of sucks if you lose in the finals just to see all of your superstars get hat tricks the next week. So I could I could hear arguments either way, but it would be nice to come up with a way to mitigate these players. So like yesterday, New Jersey and Columbus basically both sat all of their teams just to avoid playing the Pittsburgh Penguins, I guess. And now New Jersey is going to have to play either Boston or Tampa, depending on if Boston wins today. So I don't know if they made the right choice. Maybe just it's worth it to have a rested Taylor Hall since it's going to be a tough opponent either way. It was Brian. Okay. 
let's just take a pause for a second and sort of set the table for what's going to be going on today. And before I do that, let's, of course, thank for the last time in the regular season, DauberHockey.com for presenting this podcast. They are the best fantasy hockey website in the world. And you can go there to get all of your fantasy hockey news and tidbits. Also, tools like starting goalies and line combinations, daily ramblings, our own Cam Robinson. I say our own as if we own him. I wish. But like Cam, a page, longtime patron of the podcast. He's been on the show a few times. He now does daily ramblings. I, I read his first one. Great job, Cam. Anyways, check it all out dauberhockey.com it's going to be your source if you're in a playoff pool coming up you definitely want to read all the articles they have to help you prep but anyway speaking of playoff pools let me tell you about what we've got on the schedule on the docket for today's show so we're gonna brian and i are gonna first chat a little bit about what happened in the last week i guess we already started that a little bit and you know related to the playoff matchups coming up we'll give you some of our takes on who we think might do well or not well in the playoffs Take all of that for, uh, for a grain of salt, right? Because there could just be a Jake Allen like last year who totally wins their team a series and something that we can totally not predict. Anyways, we're going to start with that. Then we're going to go into our live playoff pool draft that we're going to be doing with the tier one. Well, no, what am I talking about? Okay, with like a cupful winners, the Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Fantasy League. There were 15 divisions. We've got a bunch of the winners here. Some of them are in the chat right now in the hangout. Thanks for joining us, guys. And so all of us are going to do a live playoff pool draft, and the winner will get something awesome, Brian. We haven't come up with the prize yet. Last year, the prize was just that the loser had to, like, what was it, sing a song or write a song? I don't even think that happened. So this year, we're going to have to make sure to come up with a really intense loser prize and winner prize that makes it all worth it. Anyways, that's going to come in around sorry, 40, 45 minutes. Sorry to interrupt. Do you remember who won last year's playoff draft? I'm having a, a hard time. Was recall. it you? Was it, you? it was me. Wow. Did you wow. have a bunch of Nashville Predators and Pittsburgh Penguins? That's exactly what I had. That's, a, that's how you win these pools. Maybe we'll talk as we go. Or maybe we can start right oh now. My, and the prize was Jeff in tier one, ha, who, who finished dead last, had to rename his team for like the first couple months of the season. The team name actually stuck for a lot longer than that. Oh, okay. It, was, it wasn't even that great. Okay. What was the team name? New York Rangers. Wow, what a, what a <laughs> harsh thing. It was The idea was that it would just be so terribly boring and mundane uh, and completely not unique. So there you have it. Yeah, okay. So we'll have something fun. We'll chat in our Facebook chat with all the winners about what our prize and last place prize will be. But okay, so that's the plan for today's show. Brian, why don't we just start, before we get into some of the players that we have on schedule, since you are a former playoff pool winner, as you pointed out, what's the strategy? Like, you're, a lot of people are in these playoff pools. It's not like the regular season where you have ads and drops and a bunch of categories and head-to-head and all that. A lot of people just do these drafts like what we're going to do. You pick a bunch of players. Whoever has the most points at the end wins, and you basically want to get players players who are going to go far into the playoffs so they'll have the eligible they'll be eligible to get a bunch of points yeah that's it you work out your bracket as quickly as you can and then you figure out who in uh who, who which team you want to invest in and it's funny because like that doesn't necessarily mean like for example you have nashville and winnipeg who are going to be facing off in a conference semi-final and just because you think, Maybe. like, <laughs> don't be so confident. Okay, sorry, sorry, you're right. That was overconfident. Let's say in my bracket, that's who I have in the conference in the West, in one of the West semifinals. I mean, um, to be fair, Colorado is without Varlamov and without Eric Johnson to go against Nashville, and Minnesota is without Ryan Suter. So it will be tough for either of those teams to beat the favorite, but you never know. Right. So it, let's just say I've worked at my bracket, and I think Nashville, let's just say hypothetically that I think Nashville is more likely to beat Winnipeg. That doesn't necessarily mean that I should avoid 
Winnipeg players altogether because they might still have a better chance of advancing, even if I think Nashville's favored, than another semifinal team that I have in my bracket. So, like, there are a whole lot of things to take into account. But essentially, one thing I would suggest not doing is trying to estimate, like, how many games a series is going to go. That's such a hard thing to predict. Assume, on average, they're all going to be about the same length. Like, if it's a clear four-game sweep, maybe, maybe you can see that coming. Uh, Like, you can sort of guess, but I wouldn't put a lot of stock into thinking, oh, I think I'm going to get six games out of this player and four games out of this guy. You really just focus on who is going to play the most rounds, not necessarily the most games. Well, yeah. I mean, no one thinks like that, right? Like, what, people are going to avoid Nashville because they think they're going to sweep Colorado? There's still three more rounds after. Why would someone only be worried about one round of the playoffs? That's one quarter of the games you could get. I think one other piece of strategy advice I'll throw out there is don't be too rigid with your bracket and who you think is going to win because I think you've got to do a lot of responding to what the other picks are. So, like, if a bunch of Pittsburgh Penguins get picked and if a bunch of teams have players from the Penguins, you're... If you pick a penguin, you're sort of just like diluting yourself. At that point, you've got to realize, okay, if the penguins win the cup, I'm probably going to lose this thing. So let me grab players from a team where if they win, and that's probably what happened with you with Nashville last year, right? Probably no one was picking Nashville players. They weren't one of the favorite teams. So you were able to get a bunch of points and no one else was leeching off of them. So I think that's also a strategy to sort of adapt and realize what teams are lost causes in terms of who you could pick. And hey, Brian, we'll discuss this as we draft. We have a bunch of players we want to discuss. Let's get into that. So let's see what happened last week. I wanted to start with Brian Elliott, who is back. Back for the Philadelphia Flyers just in time for the playoffs. Picked up the win yesterday. Looks okay enough. Philly's going to go up against Pittsburgh. I feel like he's going to get rocked by the Penguins. I'm, I'm a big Penguins fan this year. I think they're going to do it again for the third time. I think that'll be, uh, I don't know, I just have a hunch that they're going to do it. Who knows, though? Uh, but I do feel like Brian Elliott is in for a world of hurt. But what do you think about him and his return and what his chances are after not having played for a couple of months coming into the playoffs to go against the Penguins? I'm curious to know how many people realize that Brian Elliott played one game before getting that season ending shutout uh, to, you know, clinch, help, help the Flyers make sure they ended up in the playoffs. Elliott was ravaged last year by the Ducks as the Flames were swept out of the first round in four straight for those who can't make the connection. Brian Elliott was the Flames goalie last year, if you happen to forget that. In that playoff series against Anaheim, Elliott posted just an 880 save percentage and a 3.89 goals against average and had this like weird mix of moments where he was saving the Flames bacon and other moments where he, I I don't know what the opposite of saving bacon is, giving away, he gave away the Flames (laughs) bacon or roasted the Flames own bacon. Anyway, uh, he was wildly inconsistent. Some moments holding them in it, some moments taking them out of it. And uh, obviously they weren't so pleased with that performance. Let him go. And now my sense is that the Flyers like Brian Elliott. And should he perform reasonably well in the playoffs, he's going to be back next year. I'm not sure if he is going to be the goalie the Flyers used to bridge the gap between like now and whenever Carter Hart or maybe even Alex Lyon are ready. But my guess is that Brian Elliott is still a Flyer at the start of next season because it seems like a reasonably good fit to me. What that says about his playoff potential... Um, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't go big on Brian Elliott. 
Good takes, Brian, on Philly. It will be interesting to see who their starting goalie will be next year. I know you asked me on the last episode who I like to play more NHL games between Neuwirth and Morozik. Like, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But yeah, I guess Brian Elliott seems to be their starter for now. If you guys hear, by the way, as listeners, people jumping in and the noise changing as we go, it's because we've got a couple winners here live in the chat. And obviously, if they come in and they're not muted, we get to hear them. But hey, these people are royalty. They are a couple winners. They could do whatever they want. Welcome to the chat, Jade. Okay, so speaking of the team, that I think is going to rock the Philadelphia Flyers. I bet there's a lot of Flyers fans right now really excited to throw it in my face when the Flyers sweep the series. But who knows? We'll see. But let's talk about the Penguins for a second. Patrick Horkfist has come out of, you know, not having the greatest season. Even though actually, overall, now it is good. But he really came on strong at the end. Six goals and three assists in his last seven games. He was hot at the right time for his owners. Like I would say he was one of my couple MVPs. I was able to pick up Patrick Hornquist going into my finals. The team dropped him because the Penguins, I think, didn't play like that weekend and the team was going forward in the semifinals. I got a lucky ad and he was amazing. Hornquist ends the year with 49 points in 70 games, which is a 57-point pace, much better than we predicted at the start, right? I feel like we were saying, yeah, Hornquist is probably good for 40, 45, and he's going to help you a lot in the shots and hits peripherals, but he was better than that. He's he's a good player. Like I feel like there's a good chance he could be a decent sleeper pick for next year, depending on how Yahoo ranks their players or whatever, if they account for the fact that he missed some time. But there's a lot of Penguins hot right now. So aside from Hornquist, you've got Kessel, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and Schultz all who had seven or more points in their last seven games. That's a lot of point-per-game players. The other Penguins have the eighth-best odds to win the Cup, according to a bunch of the gambling sites I saw online. I disagree. Eighth-best odds for a team that has seven players who have been playing over a point-per-game lately and have a pedigree? Okay, I'll stop talking about the Penguins, but what do you think about Horkfist? Well, we were talking in the Facebook group, was it today? I think it was today, about how many Penguins failed to deliver. Like, you're talking about all the guys who are hot, but there's a whole group of them who failed to deliver consistent, relevant production despite being consistently and constantly exposed to Malkin and Crosby. I'm talking guys like Sherry Gensel, uh, Simone, maybe that's beating up on the guy when he doesn't deserve it, Carl Haglin, uh, maybe Brian Russ was the only guy who met expectations while playing with Crosby. And that might just be a function of how tempered we always kept them versus guys like Sherry and Gensel, who we were really hoping for a point-per-game pace at times from, and that never turned out. Hornquist himself was on that list of disappointing top six wingmen in Pittsburgh, uh, definitely in the first half of the year when Hornquist had some scoring spurts, but then droughts to match. He was a really tough guy to own or let go of because of how suddenly he would stop and start producing. But Hornquist, as you mentioned, Elon finished the season on a very nice upswing. Uh, Jake Gensel, by the way, just for all the preseason hype, uh, <laughs> trying to put a bow on this. Just one point in his final five games, even though there was a little sunshine in like games like the sixth, seventh, and eighth last games of the season. But Gensel was fantastic in the playoffs last year. That was a big coming out party for him. 21 points in 23 games. Maybe he's a good sleeper pick in a playoff pool if you think the Penguins are going deep. Yeah, in a playoff pool. And also for next year, like I think this year we could. Uh, all agree that Gensel was overrated going to the season based on how it all panned out. Like a lot of people were expecting him to get like 70 points. I'm pretty sure I said on the podcast, I see like, why not? If he's going to play on the top line and top power play with Crosby at the time, Hornquist was injured. It was looking like Gensel was going to be the top power play guy. That didn't work out. But hey, now next year, if you could get Gensel at the end of your draft, he clearly has a pedigree and could end up 
still being in line for some top power play time at some point for the Penguins. So definitely a guy to keep in mind both for the playoffs and for next year. We'll discuss him in our summer series. I also wanted to bring up the Minnesota Wild quickly. We mentioned last week how Suter was injured. Some bright news. Jared Spurgeon has been practicing. He might be able to play in the first round versus the Winnipeg Jets. Does that give you any hope in the Wild? Like the Spurgeon is back? Like, Or do you think that this is going to be an easy series? You already said before that you like, it was like a foregone conclusion that the Jets are making it to the next, to the second round of the playoffs. Another team on the, or another player on the wild i wanted to bring up that's been good lately zach parisi he put up a streak of seven goals and two assists in seven games before ending the season with two pointless games you know we've been giving eric Stahl so much credit as like an older player who's sort of been rejuvenated we never really talked about zach parisi who a lot of people had written off but he ended the year strong he helped a lot of people in their fantasy finals i wonder if he would be if not a good sleeper for the playoffs because you're so confident winnipeg's going to beat them and why not but maybe for next year i think a lot of people will have forgotten about zach parisi but he puts up a lot of shots and he's shown that he can still produce even in this you know as he approaches his mid-30s there was not a whole lot to talk about and for Zach Parisi's play when he came back. He showed few signs of life with just eight points in his first 23 games. That was after missing the first half of the year due to injury. But then Zach Parisi caught fire at the end of February, notching 12 goals and four assists for 16 points in 17 games, 58 shots in those 17 games. He was shooting at a 21% conversion rate. Um, so obviously a little inflated when he's generally shot about half that in his career. I think Prezi probably, uh, you could have legitimately given him 12 points in those last 17 games. Uh, and that would have made more sense for him. And that's still a 58 point pace, which is outstanding. One weird thing that absolutely means nothing, but I'm going to point it out anyway. Prezi had bizarre back-to-back shot on goalless games in his final two performances of the season. Uh, Prezi hadn't gone two straight games without a shot since March 26th and March 28th of last season. So late last year also. And that was the only time that had happened all of last season as well. So it's only happened twice in the last two years. Then, of course, uh, Parisi rested the final game for Minnesota. So maybe there was a reason he wasn't taking any shots. Anyway, Elon, you're right. Parisi is a decent sleeper for next year, the same way he was for this year. Although anyone who tried to grab him, stash him in IR, and waited like a month and a half, two months through those first 23 games, probably gave up on him, and rightfully so, before he picked things up. Hopefully he doesn't make any owner who wants to make him their sleeper pick next year wait as long. I kind of see Parisi as a Rick Nash type, in that he can get you a whole bunch of shots, and then hopefully some points to go with them if he's deployed well enough. Yeah, it used to be the case that you dr- grab Parisi early in a draft. Now you could get him as a late round guy that could be a hired gun, like you say, for shots on goal. Like Rick Nash was good for a lot of the year on the Rangers and was doing okay for Boston, though not really at the end there. And then he got injured. We'll see if he even comes back for the playoffs. Uh, Brian, what about Spurgeon and the Minnesota Wilds chances? I have a feeling you're thinking not, not enough, not nearly enough. Well, first off, we wonder if Jared Spurgeon is even 100%. I feel like when he was injured... The comment was maybe he can come back in time for the playoffs, but don't know that he'll be fully healed, but he might be able to play. So the Wild would not only need a 100% Spurgeon, but also Ryan Suter would be very helpful for containing the Jets offense. And he certainly won't be in the series. Uh, Here's a hot take, Elon, to prepare everyone for our hot takeoff coming up. Uh, I think the Wild are longer shots to beat the Jets than the Avs are to beat the Preds. In fact, I think the Wild are the longest shots to get out of their first round series this year. 
I would disagree. I think the Avalanche are going to get swept. If I had to pick one sweep off the bat, I think with like Jonathan Bernier in net and not having their most solid defenseman in Eric Johnson, obviously Tyson Barry is the offensive defenseman, but I think that uh, Nashville is going to make easy work of the Avalanche. And I can see Minnesota putting up a bit of a fight, but yeah, I do think those are two pretty lopsided matchups. Hey, Brian, how about this? I'm going to right now generate the draft order for our playoff pool, which we're about to do later in the show because I said I would do that and I forgot. So here I go. I'm going to sort right now. Sort the sheet. Boom. Dra- ah, look at that. You're uh, first pick and I'm second pick. What were wow. Odds? Not, not rigged at all. It wasn't. People could have watched in the chat and seen that I did this. Uh, I mean, watched in the spreadsheet. You could go back to the history. All I did was put a random number beside each name. And then I, uh, yeah. And then I just assorted by all the random numbers. And there it is. So I just think your, your sudden turn of your attention to to making the draft order and then saying, hang on while I do this and then saying, ah, and then look at this, everyone, uh, especially for the people listening after the fact that will go down as one of the better moments in keeping Carlson broadcast history. Are you saying that sounded fake? Like I was faking surprise when really I knew all along that I was going to give you first overall pick. No, I'm saying that you uh, paused, did something that didn't apply to like 99% of our listeners and then Quote, look at this. At this. Oh, like, we've got some echo. Did you get yourself? <laughs> Thank you. All right. It's here. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. What were you saying? So you're accusing me of shenanigans. I promise there were... were no, there were I, you, you just missed the whole thing. I was accusing you of telling people to look at something while they were listening to a podcast and something that definitely did not apply to them. Okay, well, whatever. I'm having fun. This is the last episode. Let's just relax. Uh, Let's talk about another thing. Okay, so for time we talk about Minnesota, we probably won't talk about them. They might be out by the time we record our next podcast. You did mention the hot takeoff. I did want to announce that at the beginning, and I forgot. This Thursday, we're having our first ever all- listener hot takeoff we did this once for the patrons and it was so fun we're doing it this thursday and anyone can participate if you have a take that you think can win our hot takeoff and i am promising we're going to come up with a really good prize for it so you send your hot take to kktakes at gmail.com and for a take to be considered hot it needs to be both Okay, it's got to like be something interesting and like not conventional wisdom. If you say like, oh, I think the Vegas Golden Knights are the best expansion team of all time, it's probably accurate, not the hottest take, right? A lot of people might think that. But so, but you also, yeah, it has to be hot, has to be interesting, and it also has to be defendable. So send your take into kktakes at gmail.com. Try to keep your take brief, and we will go in and mock your takes and uh, make someone a winner. It'll be fun. Okay, uh, what do I want to talk about next here? Oh, yeah, Anaheim. So Cam Fowler's injured. John Gibson's day-to-day, and Anaheim is going to be playing against San Jose. We don't know if John Gibson will be back, but even if he does come back, hard to imagine he's at full health. They do have Ryan Miller just in case, but I don't know if he could really carry the Ducks. They're going to be playing San Jose. Vander Kane returned yesterday, and Joe Thornton has been practicing with the team, so he might be back at some point in the first round. Do you think that this injury news gives the edge to the Sharks now for that series? Would you be uh, would you risk like picking Ducks in this playoff pool? Brian, you have first overall pick. Are you going to be taking Ryan Getzlaff? No. And like, even if those sharks were still injured, but it is great news that Evander Kane is healthy. Joe Thornton could rejoin the team. I feel like that could be a big boost. I have the sharks as a kind of under the radar team in the West, which I do think despite how great uh, what Winnipeg and Nashville have been this year and Vegas and Vegas, I think the dark horse or like there are a lot of dark horse candidates in the West, San Jose, Anaheim, pretty much everyone in the West outside of maybe Colorado uh, oh, and Minnesota could win it. 
So uh, Elon, to answer your question, it doesn't really change how excited I am about any ducks, but it does change how excited it might be about some sharks. Yeah, the sharks could be a sleeper team. I don't know. I guess we're throwing this word sleeper around too much. Like you say, a lot of these West teams have good chances. I personally like LA's chances to be one of the upset teams. I've said before, and I know like the Vegas people uh, like you know, might be thinking that, oh, we've been discounting Vegas all year. What's changed? But LA's looking good. Jeff Carter's back. I could definitely see them pulling off the first round upset and being one of the wild card teams that goes forward. I'm getting a little distracted here. Jade has a very cute dog that was licking her while you were talking. Uh, Ryan in the chat predicted Penguins, Sharks, final which would be reminiscent of a couple years ago it's so fun right now trying to figure out what's going to happen okay one more team i want to bring up then we'll do a quick uh shout out to one of our advertisers okay i wanted to bring up the devils keith kincaid brian has a 931 save percentage over the last month and he won 10 of his last 13 games to get the devils into the playoffs this guy keith kincaid is supposed to be schneider it was so weird seeing like schneider played saturday because the devils were resting their good players and they just put out their you know b team that's the Corey schneider team and he lost of course Corey schneider's no good anymore do you think there's any chance that the devils can beat either boston or tampa actually now's a good time to check in and see what's going on here it's two to one right now for the panthers so if the panthers can win this game against boston today then it'll be tampa bay versus the new jersey devils the devils have taylor hall They have a really hot goalie in Keith Kincaid compared to Tampa has a kind of struggling goalie lately in Vasilevsky. What do you think? You were talking about how you thought that Minnesota has the worst odds. Is New Jersey in the conversation or do you think they are a decent looking team? They're in the conversation. I was sort of just looking at the West, but New Jersey sure has a tall order in their first round playoff series. And as good as Keith Kincaid has been, I don't know that he is going to be like any amount of Keith Kincaid would be good enough. The Devils are a one-line team. I'm sorry to any Devils fans that are listening, but that's what they've got. It's kind of like how Ottawa survived in the playoffs last year, right? They had, although I, I would argue Ottawa had a little more depth than the Devils do this year, but Ottawa essentially had Carlson and contended and then survived the rest of the time which is how I see things going for the Devils. They'll be uh, pushing hard whenever Hall and Palmieri are on the ice. The rest of the time, they are just going to be fighting for their lives. I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree for the most part. Like, they do have Travis Zajac centering a second line, and he could definitely hold his own with someone like, I guess, I don't know, like Miles Wood. Like, I, I guess, like, every, Marcus Johansson could come back. He's been practicing. That would be a nice addition for them going to the playoffs if he's fully healthy. But yeah, definitely Hall, Palmieri, and Hisher are going to have to carry the load on offense for them. Uh, Brian, okay, so... Uh, oh, another question I want to ask you. This was from Facebook. Uh, so Keith Kincaid, as I brought up, what do you think his keeper value is at this point? Like in deep leagues where people are keeping goalies, is he someone people have to consider? Now, this is a guy that probably everyone who owns him grabbed him as a free agent at some point. No one drafted Keith Kincaid unless it's like the deepest of deep leagues. I'm curious to like what, like, you know, we're going to do Schmore Goalingsborg at the end of the summer and put all of our different goalies into tiers. Where would you even put a guy like Keith Kincaid right now? Like the Devils are a playoff team. He's won a lot of games lately. He's had a really good save percentage, but at the same time, he's Keith Kincaid. Like, do we expect next year for him to go into a tandem and have to fight with Corey Schneider? Or do you think he's now taken over and he's going to be the number one goalie? Or is it the kind of thing where a lot is still to be determined? We have to see how he does in the playoffs. We have to see how he does in training camp. Yeah, Kincaid's playoff performance is going to help us slate him further for next year, though. Uh, like I said, I don't expect him to be able to take New Jersey out of the first round. If he does, that would go a really, really long way towards him being able to hold on to the starting job for next year. Uh, at this point, Kincaid does have some value going into next year, of course, but not at all ready to call the New Jersey crease his outright. Keep in mind, Corey Schneider, four more years after this one, it's $6 million. Not to say that's why the Devils should play him, but it's the reason why they should probably at least, well, 
why they might feel the need cognitively to consider this. Uh, and six months ago, we were agape at Corey Schneider's return to form to get the Devils rolling at the start of the year. Heck, I could even see Schneider getting a start later in the series if the Devils can't win the first two or three and are just getting hammered and the coach just wants to like shake up the lineup, do something to try and get some life out of his team. I could see Schneider getting a game in in the postseason. So uh, I don't think that it's Kincaid's crease. I think it'll probably be an open competition next year, but we'll see what the playoffs bring. Yeah, I guess that will decide a lot. It reminds me kind of when Matt, well, this was a little different, right? Matt Murray, a couple of years ago, like Flurry was supposed to be the starter. Then he was injured and Matt Murray took over and did so well in the playoffs that he was the starter the next year. And then, but then he got injured and that, that, was, that was a whole different situation. But it'll be interesting to see now if Kincaid can hold this job into next year. But he's held it for a long time. Like Corey Schneider's shown himself to be really bad. He's going to have to do something in the summer to figure out his game. And so anyways, uh, speaking of games and going to see games, why not check out a playoff game? If you can get to one of these these first round matchups i'm sure the experience will be amazing and the best way to get tickets to go to a game or any event is with our friends over at SeatGeek. You, Brian, you know how it is. You, you want to buy tickets. You, we're busy people, right? We got to prepare for playoff drafts. You haven't even, you're probably preparing for your playoff draft right now. So you don't have time. To, <laughs> so you don't have time to be going through ticket sites and figuring out, okay, is this a good price or not? And like, what are the fees going to be? What's the actual final price? None of that was seeking. They make it super easy. It's the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event, whether you're searching for a last minute deal, planning a night out with friends, need to find the perfect gift, which I would say that's a pretty perfect gift right there. A playoff game. Someone bought me tickets to a playoff game. I'd be like, you're my best friend forever. So why not try to buy that perfect gift over at SeatGeek? I have the app on my phone. I'm going to be in Pittsburgh. I have a feeling that I'm not going to be able to see a Penguins game. I might have to go over to Philly to see a game from that series. I don't know how far that is. I have to take a look at a map. But if I do have time to go see a game, I would definitely use the SeatGeek app. A couple of taps, find the price. You know it's the final price. It's great. So, Brian, what else do I have to say? Except that you can get even more of a good value on your ticket purchase because you're a listener of Keeping Carlson. That's all you need to do is listen to the show or know someone who listens to the show and tell them you are, well, whatever, you're listening. So all you need to do is enter the promo code KEEPING into the app or on the website when you sign up. Again, that's the promo code KEEPING and you will save $20 off your very first purchase with SeatGeek. What a deal. Wow. Okay, so Brian, we are like uh, maybe 10 minutes away from doing our draft. I still want to talk about a few more things. So let's sort of get a little bit of a lightning round going. Uh, Alan Vino was fired by the New York Rangers. I, I don't know if it's really worth talking about right now, except, you know, people wanting to look into next year, get the impact. I'm sure we'll forget all about this deep into the summer, but does, do you think this hurts or helps anyone? Like I know you've said all season long, you think Pavel Buchnevich has really been hampered by not getting the right deployment from Alan Vino. So maybe this raises Buchnevich's stock. We'll have to see who they hire to be the replacement. And also, since we're talking about the Rangers, you texted me earlier in the week saying, are you planning on bringing up Kevin Hayes on the show? I definitely wasn't. But yeah, he was on a good run to end the season. So why don't you talk about Buchnevich and Kevin Hayes and anyone else who you think is affected or not by Alain Vigneault finally leaving the team? Yeah, it's probably about time that Alain Vigneault uh, leaves the New York Rangers not in any better shape than when he came, although they are at a different point in their franchise trajectory, except he was probably there for... Like, they had a chance to win. They shouldn't have lost. To, I, I've gone on about this before. They probably should not have lost to Ottawa in the first round, second round last year. First round. Either way, uh, maybe it does help Buchnevich. He gets a fresh start with a new coach, uh, one who will hopefully like him more than Vigneault did. Otherwise, I can't say I'm all that sure about what impact the new coach will have. Even once we hear the guy's name, I'm still, you know, like, we'll see what players he tends to like, 
who they deploy. Um, Vigneault was not going to be the guy to steer the Rangers through a rebuild. He couldn't win with close to prime Henrik Lundqvist or prime Roberto Luongo, we should say. And a lot of that blame probably falls on Vigneault's shoulders in both cases. So uh, good luck to the next New York Rangers coach who has very, very little to work with, but also uh, a lot of leash because they are needing to do some serious rebuilding. As for Kevin Hayes, maybe Wait, he'll... Uh, ask you something? Did you say Roberto Luongo? Yeah, when Vino coached in in uh, Vancouver. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was trying. I don't know. I got mixed up here. I was thinking like, when did Luongo play on the Rangers? Sorry. Please continue, Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes, what the a guy! Every, the next... person everyone's thinking about right now. Like, what? <laughs> what? What? What's Brian's thoughts on Kevin Hayes going into the playoffs? Kevin Hayes had 20 points in his first 48 games and was that guy that we assumed him to be, like maybe close to half point per game. Then he turned it on. 24 points in his next 28 games. All the way up to the end of the year, uh, he had 14 goals, 10 assists in that spin, 67 shots, 7 power play points, and a 21% shooting percentage certainly helped him. So I'm not saying that Hayes' 24 points in 28 games is sustainable production. Like, he's a good player. Not anything far better than a 50-point guy, though, unless he sees a big bump in deployment, but deserves recognition for that huge finish. Kevin Hayes probably won at least a few pools with that kind of performance down the stretch. So, Brian, you see yourself drafting Kevin Hayes as a last pick next year in the couple? No, I don't think so. I think I'll be hard-pressed to draft most New York Rangers players, but he could be an early free agency ad. Yeah, Adam, But even then, like I, I still feel like he's not much better than a 45-50 point guy. That could be okay. Add them to your watch list now, people, if you if you can, for next year's leagues. Uh, okay, one last player I wanted to discuss. I want to discuss really quickly some league leaders. Antti Rata signed a three-year contract. Very well-deserved. He's had such an amazing end to the year. Over like a 950 save percentage over the last couple of months. Like, There's no point digging into these stats. Just to say he's been probably one of the best goalies out there. We'll get into some league leaders soon. You might see him at the top of the list for save percentage. But Brian, like, I'm just curious to know, now that we know Rata's going to be the starting goalie for the Arizona Coyotes, next season i just want to know right now like if we were doing schmore goalsborg right now you sort of didn't say for kincaid except to say probably pretty far down so you're not even sure if he'll be a starting goalie we know ronta's the starter arizona it's really tough to say if they're a good team or not they were so good at the end of the season once ronta was healthy they have all these good young players we say this every year it's like a broken record but i do feel like they should be a good team and i feel like auntie ronta could be such a valuable goalie in fantasy because he would play a lot of games and he's clearly going to put up good rate stats or at least we think so i guess predicting goalies is so hard where would you be ranking Antti Ranta in terms of goalie tiers? I've seen Antti Ranta's second half performance characterized in about 15 different and all incredibly flattering ways. So it's like exciting all of a sudden to know there's a new goalie who seems to have emerged into what we hoped he'd be. I mean, 931 or whatever, you know, whichever way you sliced it is a really tough thing to be able to keep up. Unlikely to happen. But uh, it's nice to know that Arizona still has a goalie who can steal games. Uh, Mike Smith was doing it for them for a while. Now it's Andy Ronda's turn. As for where to tear him, Elon, I'm so far from being in that mindset. So, like, I don't know. Tier three? Like, he seems like he could be an above average goalie on a below average team, which generally, like, that's like a, that's tier four area. Okay, well, I've got my, like, little goal light thing here let me show you how it's working here <laughs> and i put stickers when we did schmore goalies of all of the teams in the different tiers is this thing gonna shut up all right thank you uh and we had in tier three guys like tuka rask jonathan pick uh i don't know how much that's really worth but anyways auntie ranta 
might belong with players like that next year, especially if your lead count saves. I think that's the real thing. Like if your lead count saves, he's going to help you there, help you in rate sets, even if he doesn't get the wins. Plus there is that tempting possibility that Arizona finally learns how to win some games. They finally put all those pieces together. So that'll be fun. I had in the notes here that I was going to ask you, who would you want in your tier one? You say that you're so far out of it. I'm just curious, do you have any goalies in mind right now? Like who would be the top tier? I feel like it's going to be so hard to predict. Last year, it seemed so obvious and we were so, so wrong. Who are like the top, goalies that stand high above the rest next season i can't think of any obvious ones well i can think of a couple what do you yeah think? so i i was just trying to collect a bunch of names to then sort out again like to to pick my first sample and then whittle that down to tier one goalies so in that sample matt murray connor hellebuck freddie anderson andre vasilevsky even mark andre Fleury could be in the mix uh, of that group connor hellebuck is probably the surest shot to land in tier one maybe freddie anderson the next most uh, here's another hot take to prepare for the hot takeoff coming up. There might not be a tier one goalie next season. Yeah, I could see that. I think we're going to have to kind of figure out a way to present that on the show at the end of the summer when we do talk about goalies and try to put them into tiers. I, I'm with you. Like, there's no obvious, like, this these this goalie. Like, unless you're going to put eight goalies there, it's hard to say, like, this group of two or three is so much better than the next group. So, yeah, I think that's a very good take. It's like, you know, if you're reading a book and there's a blank page and and sometimes this page intentionally left a blank, we're not just going to put the best group of goalies in tier one. You still have to qualify. So we will intentionally leave that tier blank if nobody qualifies for it. Yeah, that's fair. Let's see what happens in the playoffs. Matt Murray sure uh, made himself jump up tiers just by a great playoff performance. And then maybe there's a discussion to be had of whether, like how much stock we should put into this. We'll talk about that in our summer series. Before we get to our playoff draft, we've got all of the couple winners, the smartest players, the couple this year. And I want to get to it, but I just wanted to very quickly, sorry for all the teases. I wanted to bring up some of the league leaders this year, just to take a final look back on how things landed. So first of all, the overall points race, there were so many players with more than 80 points. Brian, you tweeted something like it's the most in so, so long, many more than usual. We had three players over 100 points, McDavid, Giroux, and Kucherov. McDavid wins the Art Ross. I was dumb back in the day when I said it might be tough for him to catch up. Clearly, he was able to. Brian, like, what do you think about so many players getting so many points this year? Like, 80 points used to be a tough thing to pass. It used to be like, whatever, 10 players this year? It feels like it was over 20. Used to be, and like not even that long ago, it was hard to get 80 points. Remember when Jamie Ben wasn't his Art Ross win at 89 points? I like think it was 87, the, maybe or 89. It, yeah, I think it was, it was one of the first. It was one of the first sub 90 Art Ross wins in a while, and we were all like, "What's happened to the NHL offense?" And here we are, 20 players with 80 points or more this year, and that number could rise to 21 if David Pasternak nabs a point tonight against Florida. He currently sits at 79 as of the time of this recording. And yeah, 20 or 21 players with 80 points or more, uh, that's a lot more than usual. There have not been this many players hitting the 80-point mark since 2006-2007, so 11 seasons ago. And like it has not even come close to 20 players lately. Uh, the last six years, here is the number of players who have had 80 points or more going in order from last year to six years ago. Uh, seven players, five, five, seven, nine, nine. So you would need to add up the last three years plus a bit of four years ago to get as many 80 plus point performances than you have just in this year alone. Wow. So exciting. 
Yeah, it almost makes like we're gonna have to definitely talk as we go into next season how this affects our draft strategy. It seems like there's a lot of really good players out there, so you wonder how valuable it is to have like first overall, like especially if you're in a league with let's say 14 people and you're doing a snake draft where you're gonna get the first pick, then you're not gonna pick again to like 28th and 29th. Maybe you'd rather have the last pick in the draft and get probably two really good above point per game players rather than you're not being able to get that. So we'll have to see what we sort of take from this, but right now we can just sort of take it in. And also another thing is not uh if we just look at defensemen, it used to be that getting over 50 points for a defenseman was a really rare and impressive feat. There were 19 defensemen this year with over 50 points. Like I could run down the list here. John Carlson, Burns, Klingberg, Ghostbear, Hedman, Carlson, Dowdy, Krug, Subban, Barry, Jones, Yandel, Petrangelo, Josie, Gardner, Morgan Riley, Chris Letang, Ryan Suter, Matt Dumba. Like, that, like so many defensemen with over 50 points. The ones that really jump out to me are Yandel, Gardner, Riley and Dumba. Those are all players we probably haven't given enough credit to this season. A 50-point defenseman is so viable. The Leafs have two of them. Clearly, uh, you know, it used to be that the Leafs were scoring all these goals, but none of the defensemen really made themselves stand out as being worthwhile. Next year, people are definitely going to have to take notice about Morgan Riley and Jake Gardner in their drafts. And Keith Yandel clearly still has it, a 55-point season. And Matt Dumba, someone who's in free agency in a lot of leagues for a lot of years, obviously he's benefited from that Jared Spurgeon injury and getting on the top power play, but Dumba's showing that he can be a really valuable guy. I don't think he's going to be going undrafted next year. Mm, really? I would take him. He's great. So if, if Suter and Spurgeon are both drafted, you would still draft Dumba? Like I'm saying, like maybe later, but he's definitely not someone you could ignore anymore. Like a 50-point defenseman is hard, and he's young. Like he's a, you know, Suter also needs to stop playing so many minutes. Maybe that would help him uh, not get injured for the playoffs. I don't know if that's related, but you know, you know what I mean? Like Suter's going to have to get reduced minutes at some point, and Matt Dumba has clearly shown himself to be an offensive force. I guess you disagree. That's fair. We can discuss him in the summer series. Mark him down. We will. It's just hard to imagine. Like we, I think Spurgeon's going to be contend for fifty points. I think Ryan Suter's going to get a bunch of points too. I just don't know how there might be enough for Dumba. Dumba has gotten those points because of some lengthy ab- absences from Spurgeon on the blue line. So, it, like with a totally healthy decor, I'm not sure where he fits in. But going back to your original point, Elon, nineteen defensemen who have fifty points or more this season. We've made big deals in the past, like 50 points for a D-man. That's a big deal, and it's less of a big deal this year, although it's really great that so many have gotten it. Uh, It's also uncharacteristic of the past several seasons. Again, in the last six years, uh, there's been not last year, nine defensemen had 50 points or more. The year before, 12. The year before, 11. The year before, nine, five, nine, seven, going back seven years ago. It's been a lot. I didn't go back until I found another season with 19 defensemen with 50 or more points because, well, I was running short on time. But you can, if you want, tweet us at Keeping Carlson if you find out. One guy on the list that I want to talk about, Jake Gardner, really came on so strong in the second half after he was dropped, left for dead by a lot of fancy owners, myself included. Uh, I had Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley got injured. I added Jake Gardner. He didn't do much for me. I ended up dropping him. Uh, which was a big mistake. Guess how many points, Elon, Jake Gardner had over his last 36 games, so since, like, mid-January? Uh, 30. You're close. 32 points in wow. 36 games, which would, like, astound us for even a forward, but this is a defenseman on the Toronto Maple Leafs who was not even really on anyone's radar as being the top offensive guy as of 10 games into the season. Everyone's focus had shifted to Morgan Riley. Uh, Jake Gunner over his last 36 games, two goals, 30 assists for 32 points, 65 shots, eight power play points. He also finished the year very strong, 12 points in his last 13 games. Elon, 
Who are you drafting next year between Jake Gardner and Morgan Riley? Yeah, I think I would go Riley, but I think we've seen that these are both like Toronto likes to have two different power plays that both get equal time. Like you've got the Matthews and Nylander power play, and then you've got the Marner group and they both get a lot of time. So I've, and both of that, and both, both of them are defensemen for one of the power plays. So I feel like they're both could be good. Like you don't have to be worried about one, you know, getting injured. And then we say, Oh, the other one's going to benefit. No, they're both healthy. They both got over 50 points. I think they could do it again. I think it'd be close. I would still go Morgan Riley, but yeah, uh, very exciting. Uh, okay. I just want to bring up a couple more stats. Cause I want to get to this draft. Uh, blocks Chris Russell led the league in blocks again 223 he just edged out Martinez and Edler who were both above 200 though uh Chris Russell had a lot of zero in one block games over the past few weeks like in the fantasy playoffs so a lot of people who drafted him for this time just to have someone dependable to give them blocks when they needed him uh he kind of let his owners down so you know blocks maybe going to next year keep in mind they might not be as predictable as you hope even the league leader had a bunch of zeros and ones that can't be said for hits like Nikita Zadorov led the league in hits with 278 in 77 games he was hitting all the time there are actually a couple of players who had more hits than him in terms of like the pace but they were injured from it so Mark Borowiecki had the best pace 226 hits in 52 games we would have blown Zadorov out of the water Adam Larson was also on pace for more than Zadorov but he only played 63 games Brian I've got a trivia question for you I didn't put his name down because I wanted to actually get you to guess because you always do this to me and I usually get it wrong but this time we'll see I, I was close with that uh, Jake Gardner points total though can you guess I was going down the list of the top hitters to find the first forward and the first D-man who had so the first forward with over 50 points and the first D-man with over 40 points in the list of ranking the top hitters can you name who those players are so my guess for forward is Braden Shen and to be honest I don't I don't have a guess for defenseman. I'm stumped. I've actually, that's a, the, that is my official answer before I cheated and looked it up because I couldn't wait, but I'm sticking with those. Okay. You yeah, can, so- you can let, share the rest and then I'll share my thoughts. Okay. Well, yeah. So Braden Shen was going to be, he doesn't hit as much as Dustin Brown, who had a ton of hits and he had a really good season, like 60 points, maybe a good playoff pool sleeper, whatever. I don't want to keep throwing that around, but yeah, like Dustin Brown's such a valuable guy in your bangers league. And then for defenseman, Rasmus Ristolainen had over 40 points and he hit a lot and he got just some blocks. So Ristolainen really turned his season around. He started slow. He really picked it up at the end. A ton of power play points as well. Takes a lot of shots. I think Ristolainen might be one of those defensemen who's not going to get drafted so high next year, just because, you know, he's not one of these amazing for uh, 19 defensemen at over 50 points. He had like 41 and when it was all said and done. But I think Ristolainen, you know, had a really slow start, great at the end. And I think he could definitely compete with all the rest of those great defensemen in terms of points. And your bangers league, he's helping you in so many categories. He might be one of the best, like, uh, across the board, valuable fantasy defensemen. Rasmus Ristolainen, if we're talking hits, blocks, shots, power play points. Yeah, he was probably overrated going into this year's draft. And next year, there's a good chance he's going to be underrated which would be wonderful. If you can grab Rasmus Ristolainen as like your second or third defenseman, you are laughing. Um, who? Do, what else did I want to say? Oh, um, the other guys at the top of the list. So, Elon, you said uh, the next forward was Dustin Brown. After him, it was Evander Kane and then Braden Shen. And then on defense, actually, I was not expecting this. After Ristolainen, uh, there are two other defensemen uh, amongst the hits leaders who had more than 40 points. And one of them was Jake Muzzin, which isn't entirely surprising, although he didn't miss some time, so that's impressive. Uh, Colin Miller in Vegas, 41 points, and uh, one of the few guys in the league who hits and puts up points. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to repeat that performance. I'm very curious to see. I have no idea 
what the Vegas roster is going to look like next year. So we'll see what role he ends up in uh, going into next season. Yeah, but definitely worth drafting. Like this year, he turned out to be very much worth owning for most of the season. A lot of people could have grabbed Colin Miller, just like Matt Dumba. I want to also very quickly run down some goalies. I know we've got our couple winners here itching to draft, and I keep saying it's going to be five minutes and taking much longer. Quickly, goalies. Okay, most saves. Frederick Anderson had the most saves, followed by Vasilevsky, Hellebuck, Lungfist, Talbot, and Bobrovsky. Lungvist was a big disappointment this year. Frederick Anderson, over 100 more saves than second place Vasilevsky. And that's the highest differential. As you go down, there's not really any other goalies that have 100 more than the next goalie in the list. So uh, I don't know if we should be concerned about that going into the playoffs. Frederick Anderson played so much, made so many saves. Though maybe it wasn't all due to playing a lot of games. The Leafs just let in a lot of shots. But like, what a valuable guy in a league that counts saves because he plays a lot. The Leafs are good. They win a lot. And he had a decent save percentage. So Frederick Anderson, such a solid guy this year. And then in terms of save percentage, if I'm looking at goalies, who played at least 40 games, Antti Ranta, top of the list, 930 save percentage on the season. And that's including like a bit of a rough start. Like, like I said, like over 950 for the last couple of months. Next comes Marc-Andre Fleury. And he, by the way, would probably be among the lead league leaders in saves and wins. But unfortunately, he missed a lot of time, as we all know, and Vegas was bringing fifth stringers in at some point. Then Pekka Rene, John Gibson, and Connor Hellebuck round out the list for top save percentage goalies. Gibson, by the way, one of the rare things in Schmore goalies board, I totally got right. And you disagreed with me. I put him in tier two. You were like, you thought it was way too high. He was good, but obviously, I'm not going to brag about anything as more goalies for because we both got so much wrong. But what do you think about John Gibson at this point now? Like, are you finally sold on him? Like, going to next year, would you consider him one of the top goalies, or are you still not convinced? Amongst goalies who played a reasonable amount of minutes, uh, yeah, John Gibson ranks really high. Actually, Philip Grubauer, I'm looking over at uh, Sean, I've referenced this a bunch of times before, Sean Tierney, who you can find on Twitter at Charting Hockey. Uh, has some great vizs. One of them is a goal saved above average per 60 minutes viz. And uh, he includes, I, I actually, I don't see the minutes threshold on this one, but it's normally visible. In any case, Philip Grubauer has recently, I guess, passed the threshold and is crushing the field in goal saved above average per 60 minutes, which is great for him. If he hadn't yet crept up onto it, Pecorino would be leading and John Gibson would be just behind him. So John Gibson having a fantastic year this year by all measures. So maybe I should believe more in John Gibson. After him, by the way, um, Marc-Andre Fleury, Roberto Luongo, Anton Kudobin. So then you wonder, well, if that's if that's the company John Gibson is keeping, is he really for real? Antti Ranta, by the way, uh, just uh, barely uh, above average in terms of goal saved. Like just barely doing better than another goalie would at even strength, given the same sort of profile of shots he's faced which is hard to believe uh, maybe it takes away some of the credit we've been giving him but uh, Wait, there it is or like i don't think we have to take credit away from john gibson because anton kudobin is near him in goals saved above average i think that might mean that we maybe have to take some credit away from the stat goals saved above average as being a reliable stat to tell us who's a great goalie because john gibson has clearly been great he has a great save percentage a lot of wins like uh anton kudobin if he's so great in goals saved above average and but you, if you don't think he's such a good goalie don't knock john gibson for that you know like in all the actual stats gibson is well above everybody that was pretty tongue-in-cheek and i don't think you noticed that i switched to anti ranta towards the end of that little spiel fair all right so enough <laughs> stalling brian hopefully this Corey is given Snyder, you- by the way ahead of keith kincaid well yeah does that include the last couple months or is that only for the last couple of months or the whole season 
whole season. Yeah. Who cares at this point? Schneider's old news. He sucks. By the way, the Panthers have scored. It's three to one. So it's very much looking now. It's uh, almost the end of the second period. It's looking like if Panthers hold on and win this game, we're going to have Leafs Bruins in round one and Tampa Bay versus New Jersey. So adapt, adjust your playoff brackets. Brian, let's get into our draft. Before we do that, though, I want to thank another sponsor for this episode, which are our friends over at FanDuel. You might be done your fantasy season. Think, oh, man, what am I going to do for the playoffs? Maybe you have a playoff pool, but there's not much to decide once you do your draft. But why not play every day daily fantasy on FanDuel during the playoffs? You get to pick your team every day. You go with which team you think is going to win that day. Pick a bunch of players from that team. Stack up your lineup as best you could. And maybe you could win a big jackpot. You could play like anyone could play on FanDuel. There's lots of contests to choose from. Starting from just $1, you pick a contest. You choose your team. You watch your score in real time. Like I'm going to be doing this draft with you. And Brian, like I was saying, my strategy is if a bunch of people are taking players from, say, I don't know, the Washington Capitals, then I'm not going to go and grab TJ Oshie if already Ovechkin and Baxter Kuznetsov are taken. But if I like Capitals to score a lot of goals in a game against who are they playing Columbus, which I don't know if they will, but that's a whole other a whole other thing. You know, at least I could go on FanDuel and grab my Capitals there because you get a new team every day when you play on FanDuel. Brian, uh, anything else you want to say about them? We've had a lot of fun playing it this year, Elon, you and I with our listeners, and uh, maybe we'll set up some playoff contests at some point. We'll We'll tweet about it. If and when we do, a uh, lot of fun. Go ahead and get the app, FanDuel. And if you sign up at our link, fanduel.com slash Carl, K-A-R-L. That probably helps us in some way. I'm not sure how, but consider uh, it. Yeah, if you're there, give it a try. Okay, let's get going with this draft. So here we go. We've got all of the couple winners or a bunch of them in the chat. If not, hopefully they're at least here in the spreadsheet where we're going to be making our picks old school style. We're not on any platform. I've got a Google spreadsheet. We all have access. Hopefully no one will cheat and delete someone else's picks or anything shady like that. We're going to each take six players overall. There's going to be six rounds and we're going to count the top five in each team. So you get one mulligan if you pick someone who ends up getting eliminated in the in the first round or gets injured or something like that. Points only, no goalies. It's like goals plus assists. That's all we're counting. So just making it nice and easy and good luck, everyone. Brian, you've got the first overall pick. You're setting the stage for this draft. Why don't you uh, go ahead and make your pick? And I will, uh, well, I don't know. Should I say, I'm going to say that whatever, whoever you pick, I know who I'm picking. Like I've got my top two guys. So you can't bug me here. Either way, I'll be happy. Yeah, so do I. I feel like our top two are exactly the same. Uh, I'm going to go with Evgeny Malkin. Brian goes Malkin. Uh, are you going to write it in, or do I need to do that for you? I'll write it in. Okay. Give me Sidney Crosby. Was that, was that you would have gone... I was thinking like, Malkin we were both, Crosby. We, oh. Yeah, we were both happy with either of the top two Penguins. So you, uh, your draft spot was a lot better than mine. Very curious. Yeah, we'll see. how. Whoa, oh, this is the theory that I fixed it? <laughs> All right, so we've got Paul next. Paul is in the chat here. Pal, if you want to bring your audio on, I guess, guys, we'll try to figure this out. And the listeners, please bear with us. This might not be the most uh, professionally done part of a podcast that you listen to. But yeah, anyone who's in the chat, feel free to unmute your microphone or you could just write your pick in or do something because otherwise I have nothing to talk about. Uh, Paul, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. All right. What do you uh, think? With my pick, I'll choose Philip Forsberg. All right, going to Nashville. Last year, this was probably one of Brian, your sleeper picks that won you this draft. This year, you got to pay for him a lot higher. Am I right that you had Forsberg last year? Do you remember? I probably did. We probably have the spreadsheet somewhere. Elon, by the way, once, well, uh, well, uh, Chris who's is next? It. So yeah, while Chris, Chris is thinking of, of their pick, how about you mention at what link people can see our draft choices? Okay, yeah. Uh, let's say... 
I don't know. You you choose it, <laughs> and then and we'll do. It. Yeah, I'll post I'll post this league to Fantrax or something after, and we can follow along. I don't know if people are really going to care actually, but <laughs> keepingcarlson.com slash uh, playoff pool. Nice. But then, what if we want to do one with all the listeners? Okay, that's it for now. Well, playoff pool too. Okay, <laughs> all right. So, Chris, who are you going with your fourth overall pick in the draft? All right, guys, with the fourth overall, I'm going to go with Nikita Kucherov. Nice. Solid choice. Hopefully, uh, looking like he's going to play against the New Jersey Devils, which should hopefully, yeah, get Keith Kincaid in net. Brian probably thinks that that's going to be a slam dunk. Ton of points for Kucherov. And okay. Uh, By the way, again, these are a couple winners. Everyone everyone listening, we got to give these guys a lot of appreciation. It's really hard to win the couple. Okay, Xavier's pick now. Who do you got? Is he here? No, I'm going uh, with uh, Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand going Bruins. So it's interesting also to follow like which teams are off the board. It might be fun if uh, I don't know. I guess I should be keeping some extra dock and seeing which teams have been taken so far and who's left. But okay, uh, now it is time for Matt. To go oh, with man, <laughs> <laughs> what's that in response to Matt? Matt, you came on. You came on. You came in so hot. <laughs> And now he muted himself. Okay. If you like Marshawn so much, take Pasternak or something. I don't or, know. Yeah, I was going to think, like, if you wanted Marshawn, there's some some pretty equivalent uh, Bruins out there. Sorry. Who do you got? It, lo- it looks like I'm a little lagged here. Okay. No problem. Just throw us a name. <laughs> I feel like Matt is listening to, like, the YouTube feed instead of the, like, Hangouts feed. Okay, well, uh, write it in the in the uh, document then. Oh man, it's, it it's looks like go Bergeron. Bergeron. All right, another Bruin off the board. So we got Malkin, Crosby, Forsberg, Kucherov, Marshawn, Bergeron, and Bradley gets to pick. We've got a lot of people draft. We've got ten people in this draft. This might take a while. Strap in, Bradley. Who you got? Is Bradley here? Once we're done the first round, at least we'll know who's here. It looks like uh, is Bradley in the chat room. Brian, why don't you uh, wax poetic about the picks that have happened so far while I go and see if Bradley's around or if we need to uh, take him out of here. Yeah, it's going to be a snake draft, by the way, Chris just asked. Okay, Uh, so we have two Penguins off the board, two Bruins, a Predator, and now Bradley takes Steven Stamco, so we have two (laughs) Lightning off the board. Oh, sorry, but Bradley, are you there? You can announce your pick. No, I don't think he's in the chat. I think he's not in the video. He's just here in the chat room. So he took Stamkos. Great. So that means that there are three Eastern Conference teams that are being bought in on. Uh, Either that's like you'd you'd think if the West was wide open, there'd be a lot of, I don't know. Like uh, everyone's got a point. (laughs) I don't know. I guess I'm saying like, we all feel pretty confident in what team is going to come out of the East, but to varying, very various I don't know who feels so confident. I guess we'll see. Okay, so Jade's pick now. Who do the you got? Collective does. Uh, well, everyone took all my players. So obviously, yeah. Thanks a lot, you guys. Uh, I go with Blake Wheeler. Wheeler. Well, Brian loves Winnipeg, and Going Wheeler is the most underrated guy. Matt's pick disappeared. By the way, I don't know what happened there. Hopefully, spreadsheet. Okay, I'll put it in for you, Jade. All right. So now it's Ben's pick. Matt took uh, Bergeron, so I'll just put him in there. And now it is Ben's pick. Guys, I want to just say congrats to the Cupful winners this year. We did it. 
Congratulations. Yeah, ovation. My first I was, uh, I'm still waiting, by the way, for someone to thank us for our hospitality and hosting the draft. What? Pick 10 whatever, already. Whatever. Oh. Um, Jade obviously picked my baby boy Wheeler, so I'm going to have to uh, choose his best friend, uh, Mark Shifley. So I'll pick as long cool. as he can stay healthy. I mean, in a points-only league, there's not too much difference between the two. You may even want Shifley above Wheeler. So very strong pick if you like the Jets. Now we've got another team with two players off the board. And now, Ray, you get two in a row. So horrible. I was going to take all those guys. Wheeler and uh, I'm going to take... Me too. I'm going to take Matthews and Marner because I'm an idiot. All right. (laughs) At least you're honest about it. Yeah. I'm glad. Your word's not mine. I'm just just put, kidding. I'm going to put in people's picks as they say them, if I can, just to, just to keep this going. So that's cool. So you definitely are going to be cheering against Xavier and Matt, who took Marshawn and Bergeron. Two of, uh, like, yeah, a couple of you are going to be disappointed, and, and we'll see which team goes to. I think the, the Leafs have a chance here. The Leafs are a very strong team. We've just talked about these high-scoring defensemen, and that's just, you know, that's just is the top of the iceberg for all the offense on Toronto and their great goalie. Even... The, the tip of the iceberg, even. And you would say, you might uh, you might say that Ray is in, I mean, I'm not sure about the team he chose, but given what was available, Ray is the first person to have two players from the same team. He took advantage of his spot at the turn. And now let's and see. And that is a, that's a playoff pool strategy. Yeah. Load up on, load up on teams. Well, you'll Don't be able to do out. that at the other turn, Brian. But first, Ben has the option to take another Winnipeg Jet aside from Mark Shifley. Is that what he's going to do? No, I'm going to take Pasternak. Ah, Good poster knock. Poster knock. <laughs> okay, and now we go to Jade, who gets to now. She has the option to take another jet. She has Wheeler right. so far. Well, I was thinking about pasta, but now I got to go with Line. Patrick Line. All right. Second person to have two players from the same team. Jade's got Wheeler and Line. Ray's got Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Bradley. Let's see who he's got. He took Stamkos with his first pick. Still a lot of Tampa Bay Lightning available. If you want to go there. And he is, uh, I, he's just in the chat room here, so it might be a bit of a lag, but very exciting to see who he'll take. Ovechkin, there you go. Surprising, he went so, it took so long for him to get picked. Obviously, if this was a league that counted shots and hits, he would have gone higher. And uh, now we got Matt, who has Bergeron. Matt's, uh, Matt's the one, if you guys recall, that was like, oh, crap. The last time was your pick. Are you feeling the same way with Ovechkin being picked? <laughs> he's too focused. Matt, you with us? Matt, Matt is just delayed, so I think we'll we can chat while Matt ends up putting his pick into the. Right, like Matt's lagged. All right, well, uh, it's very exciting. I'm, I'm <laughs> also, he's, someone is like making uh, gray like cells on the spreadsheet. I don't know who's doing this. I think that means you're typing. Does it? I don't think so. <laughs> Matt, let's let's see who you got. <laughs> Ben, okay, we definitely need to not have uh, people messing around with the spreadsheet. (laughs) Now I'm starting to think I should have just made this read-only and just controlled it myself. It was very brave of you. Okay, great. So so Matt, let's go already. We're we're waiting in anticipation. You're building on Patrice Bergeron as your first pick. (laughs) I'm really, like, I like that you're leading up so strongly to Matt's pick. The silence. Yeah. Um, Matt? I think like thirty seconds on the clock. Yeah, and then what do we do? We do do we have a default or does he just get two picks the next time? Uh that's a good way to do it. <laughs> Matt, are you going? 
Just tell, if you tell me, you're here in the chat. I see you. <laughs> I see your face. William Carlson. All right. Good pick. There it is. Okay. Xavier, your pick. You've got Brad Marchand. Who are you going with next? Phil Kessel. Kessel. Oh, I wouldn't have been able to get him. That's too bad. I'm glad he didn't fall back to you because I knew you were going to take him and I wasn't going to have a chance. Okay. Well, well, I mean, I'm not your only competition here. No, but I, you're my most hated competition. <laughs> Fair and enough. And most loved. Okay, so let's go now to Chris, who's got Kucherov. I'll be taking my second lightning, Victor Hedman. Ah, interesting to go with the defense. That's the first defenseman taken in the draft. Well, he did have like how many points this year? 60 something? something? 68? <laughs> yeah, I guess he's pretty good. Okay, so who's next? Paul. All right. I'm going to choose Arvidsson. Victor Arvidsson, solid choice. Okay. And then that then that goes with Forsberg. So he, again, has two players on the safety. Brian, he's got your team from last year. A lucky guy. Going with the, the proven winner here. Okay, I'll put this pick in. Oh, now it's my pick. Oh, my God. I've been too busy hosting this. I haven't thought about what I'm going to take aside from uh, <laughs> that's uh, Matthew. <laughs> that's all Matthew says is, <laughs> like, being disappointed. <laughs> All right, so who's left on on Pittsburgh here? Let me just, if you don't mind, I just need to. Uh, I know now I'm be, now I'm being this guy, but once you've got, well, at least you're talking about it. You can I, you can you can go as long as you can talk. Okay, well, I feel like if I wanted to take a penguin, of course, I'm giving away like picks that other people could take. I don't think I need to take a a penguin here. So let me just take a look at the other teams that I like. Oh my God, which way to go? I think I've got I think I've got my answer here. This might be too early. I might have been able to get him later on, but I might as well just go with him. Give me. Andre Kopitar. Wow. I, he's amazing, and I think LA is going to beat Vegas. So let's give it a try. Brian, you got two picks in a row now. Okay. Uh, gonna gonna show my hand here. I'm gonna go Joe Pavelski. Oh. And another shark. And Evander Kane. Yeah, two line mates, top power play. They're playing against the Ducks, so it's going to be a tough first-round series. But if they could get out of it, and especially if uh, Joe Thornton comes to center that top line, that could be pretty great. And now it's my pick again. So I'll just go back to the Penguins. Give me uh, Patrick Hornfist. I'll go with another uh, Penguin here. So I've got Crosby, Kopitar, Hornfist. I'm pretty happy with those my top three. Yeah, I feel like I didn't need to go two Sharks. I probably should have gotten a Shark and a Penguin. Well, oh, well. too late now. <laughs> Paul's pick. We're in round three. And he's got Forsberg and Arvidsson. Is he going to get the hat trick? Is he going to complete yeah, the trio? Basically. I'll just go get Johansson. Brian Johansson off the board. I don't know if anyone, like if, if the National Predators go far, Paul's definitely got a strong shot at winning this thing. That's for sure. And now we go to Chris. I was hoping to take Kopitar, so it's probably lucky you grabbed him. Uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. stick with the lightning and go with Braden Point. Hmm. So good uh, lightning depth pick. Well, Xavier's thinking of his pick. So for the lightning, so far we've had Stamkos and Kucherov taken his point. The only other oh, and Hedman. So Braden Point. It's interesting that he went above some other guys as the third sort of forward on Tampa. I don't. What know other guys would you have? Like I know we're in a draft, but it's pretty casual. Who would you have had ahead of Braden Point? Well, I don't know. Like it's tough to say. Oh, it's should I give it away? Don't be mad at me. There's a guy who's been on the top line and top power play for a while. Okay, really I guess good. we shouldn't we shouldn't blow up anyone's pick. Okay, let's go to Xavier now. I'm going with Tori Krug. 
Krug. Okay, so he's already got Marchand and Kessel. So he's got a full team of either current or former Bruins. And uh, that's a good pick, I think. Tori Krug, here, I'll write it in for you. Now it's Matt. All right, here's the test. How long will it take for Matt to make his pick? And I, I kid, right? This is like a couple winner here. This is royalty. So I got to watch my tongue probably. But we've got Bergeron. We've got William Carlson, the only uh, Vegas Golden Knight off the board. So not getting respected. And I took Kopitar early on. So I didn't show respect. So Vegas has a lot to prove against like a couple winners. I guess not many of us. And he's going with another Knight. So Jonathan Marshall. So Matt is the one who's going to be laughing at all of us when we don't have uh, any Golden Knights and he has all of them. I love how somehow he did it with white <laughs> underlined text and a, a, like a dark gray background. I don't know how that happened, but very pretty. Really, really makes an impact. All right. Bradley's pick. To remind everyone, he's got Stamkos and Ovechkin so far. Man, that would be a really good, strong top two picks in a regular season draft. Obviously, you have to hope that. Uh, Tampa and Washington. He's going with another capital of Genny Kuznetsov, of course. Are we sleeping on Washington? Those are the only two caps taken so far. Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, as far as I could recall. And Jade, you've got Wheeler and Line. Are you going to complete the hat-trick on Winnipeg? Is that even a saying? Complete the hat-trick? Why not? No. I'm, well, okay, it works. The <laughs> trifecta would work even better. Uh, I like the hat-trick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. okay. Um, but that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with the second highest point scorer in Claude Drew. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. So you're going against Brian and I and our Penguins, hoping yeah. for the Flyers. It's hey. going against the world. Hey, we that's... <laughs> I think that, I mean, Philly scores a lot of goals. I'm concerned about Brian Elliott being able. Like, I think that Giroux's going to... I'll bet you, prediction, I think that Jade is going to be one of the top people after round one. With yeah, I think that Giroux, Line, and Wheeler are going to get you a ton of points, but then you might lose Giroux after round one. It's going to go all downhill for you after that. <laughs> uh, and I think that I, I think that my Kopitar. Oh, oh, oh. You hear Matilda barking at that? <laughs> Actually, Cody's right here. Ooh, well, okay. While picks are going, I'll bring Cody onto the screen. We could have a little. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, Ben, your pick. All right. Uh, with my third pick, I want to do a shout out to patron and former Cupful winner Mathieu. Uh, and I'm going to pick his boy under my umbrellas. Uh, ah. Nick Ehlers. Gone. Solid choice. Never gets on the top power play, but power play points aren't counted for us. So uh, <laughs> you're just hoping for points with that line with line A and another guy who plays on his line who hasn't picked yet. So maybe I won't shout his name up, but we all know who I'm talking about because we're all winners here. <laughs> Uh, Ray, you've got Matthews and Marner. Are you going to go another leaf? I will take Nylander, and I'll take your boy, Connor. Wow. There goes Connor. Connor McCain off the board. No, okay, I'm just kidding. Just a joke. Nylander. And Kyle Connor starts off round four. We go back to Ben. And Brian, you take the mic for a bit, because I'm going to grab my dog. Okay, well, I feel like Ben and his uh, Ben wins for best sound quality of any guests on the show. So good job, Ben. Uh, do you have your next pick ready? I do, yeah. Uh, I draft him in every regular season draft anyway, but uh, I guess I'll take him here too. Ryan gets laugh. Ryan gets laugh. Okay, so uh, going directly against my two sharks. Uh, if playoff pool picks are predictions, uh, it's still two sharks to one duck. So that's something. That's soulless uh, for me. We might have to fight eventually. <laughs> Very excited. Uh, if, if, really it's a tie, 
Um, Jade, Jade, you're up next. You've got uh, Jade has Wheeler, Liney, Giroux, and and a, um, and the second cutest dog in this chat right now. Oh, most cutest dog. Sorry. Okay. Um, wow. Sorry, I'm really thrown off with that gets left pick. Um, oh. so I think I'm gonna have to go with Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. You gotta grab him at some point when you're in the top like five in NHL scoring with like 10, 15 fewer games than everyone else. You can't leave him off the board forever. But I do think that Colorado's gonna get swept. But also predicting the playoffs is impossible. He's he's pretty good. So, yeah, again, again, Jade, I think you're gonna be winning after round one for sure with (laughs) Najaru and McKinnon. You've got the underdogs. So it's fine. (laughs) We should have a prize after round one. Yeah, like what (laughs) if I knew that? No, I don't. Well, whatever. Actually, It'll be a I don't even know. I, I, I'm, I'll be curious. Like, I, I think it's a it's a real good take to think that uh, Liney Wheeler, Giroux, and McKinnon will be good enough to lead after round one. But well, we'll find I don't out. know. Some, sometimes teams get just shut out and destroyed. Okay. okay, I think that Cody doesn't like that I'm holding her, so I'm putting her down. Now. Hopefully some people enjoyed seeing Cody. But okay, we're up to Bradley, who grabbed Brett Burns. Another D-man off the board. So that's Krug. Hedman and Burns, I think, are the only D that have been taken. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, very interesting. And You're right. Jay took, I didn't put that in here, Nathan McKinnon. And then Brent Burns goes to Bradley, who also has Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Stamkos. So I guess, Brian, you and Bradley can be friends whenever San Jose scores. You'll probably all be getting in on a lot of those goals. And now we've got Matt. Matt is asking, did Jade pick? Not, yeah, Jade picked McKinnon. To, oh, because he's probably just seeing the, the spreadsheet. That's why he's asking. Sorry, I got to um, keep this up to date. Who do you got? Okay. All right. Matt's so good at building anticipation. I know. I'm I so don't anticipate anyone's pick the way I anticipate Matt's. Matt's pick is a good opportunity for me to prepare for my next pick. <laughs> I've got Crosby, Kopitar, and Horkvist here. I got to build on this. Krejci. So he's got already Bergeron, William Carlson, Claude Giroux, and now David Craig. Wait a minute. No, no, it was that's the wrong uh it's in the wrong row. Claude Giroux is not on Matt's team. Okay, Claude Giroux is written here, but he had, I recall, Jonathan Marcheseau. So Marcheseau in the funny type. So so Matt is going with Bruins and Golden Knights. Definitely, that would have helped you a lot in the regular season. <laughs> Two great teams. Now we get to Xavier, who has Marchand, Phil Kessel, Tori Krug. She's got Penguin, one Penguin, two Bruins. Where's he going with his fourth pick? I'm going to Nashville with P.K. Subban. Hey, another D off the board. So Nashville top line. And now maybe, arguably, their top scoring D. I guess between him and Yosi. I wonder how long it'll take for his compatriot to be taken. Uh, and now Chris's turn. Chris, who has Kucherov. Hedman, rated points. A lot of, lot of lightning. And now, Chris, who, who are you going to go with? I think, uh, I think I'm stealing one from you here. Uh, and um, now, Chris's turn. Chris, who oh, has Jeff Carter. Hedman, rated points. Someone's lot, got a lot of lightning <laughs> audio coming out. I hear a lot of clicking and, now, Chris, and some of Elon's audio. I think, uh, I think I'm stealing one from you here. Uh, and now, Chris's turn. Chris, who... I just muted Matthew, and I think that did the trick. Okay. Sorry, you took Jeff Carter? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Damn, he would have been uh, someone I would have uh, been uh, thinking of picking, but that's cool. Good for you. Smart choice. Next, we go to Paul, 
who now has Forsberg, Arvidsson, Ryan Johansson. Subban is gone, Paul. So are you going to take uh, another Predator or are you going to go off to someone else? No, I'm going to go to the East now. I'm going to choose uh, Artemi Panarin. Oh, Ooh. yeah. No one's taken Blue Jacks yet. Panarin had such a strong end to the season. Yeah. I, I, Paul, uh, ex- like that's a he was way up there on my list of sleepers who I hoped would fall to me. I think Columbus has like a not awful chance of coming out of the East. That's a, that's a bit of a hot take there, but if Bobrovsky stays hot and, and Panarin does his thing, uh, they've got the, the back end to be able to do it. I think they are a, are, are a potentially surprising challenger uh, to take out the Penguins in the second round when they meet hypothetically. They make it. Yeah. So, okay, now I've got to make a pick. So I need, uh, I'd love to take a second here, but it's obviously very You can. You can. Uh, so right now, Elon has cr- two penguins, Crosby and Hornquist, and a king in Kopitar. Elon's next king was probably going to be Jeff Carter, who is now off the board. So Elon's going to either go to a brand new team or go for a depth player on Pittsburgh. I feel like I want to stick with the penguins here. And if I look at who are the top scorers, okay, I just want to see very quickly who's been playing on the top line over there. Oh my gosh, this is that's too it's intense. Too much. Crosby, right Gensel, and Brian. All right, I'll take Chris Letang. I've I've ridden him in a couple pools this year. A little bit disappointing, but I think it'll be nice to see him in a playoff matchup. Curious to see how he'll be able to do. Well, he would not have lasted to your next pick. He was definitely going to be drafted by me. Well, that's so, good job. The main thing to go for. And now you get two, Brian. So you've got Malkin, Pavelski, and Evander Kane. So are you going to try to take the scraps on the Penguins? Go grab another yeah, shark? Yeah, so I'm going to say, well, Panarin, Carter, and Latang were like my next three picks. And they're all gone. Um, so that leaves Jake Gensel, who I'm going to pick for sure. All right. put him. I'll put him in. And Jake. now I need to decide just how, you know, how committed I am to San Jose. Huh. It's still a lot of good options there. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I just, uh, you know, I'm also trying to read what you're trying to goad me into doing. Well, I mean, uh, don't worry about that. I'm just focused on putting on a good Keeping Carlson episode. So you don't have to worry too much. I don't, my brain isn't that smart to be able to do all of this at once and try to goad you into making a pick. Mm, I don't know. You're pretty, you're pretty wily. Okay, well, by the way, I'd be curious. People who are listening to the show that haven't turned it off yet, I'd love to tweet us at Keeping Carl's Let us know if you enjoy this or if this is like torture to listen to. I'm having fun. If, if I were listening, I'd skip 30, skip 30, skip 30, maybe. <laughs> the draft is still going. Well, all you're skipping towards is we're going to list a bunch of team names at the end. Yeah. So it's not as if there's going to be any more content for you. So you can definitely stop now and wait for a couple of weeks if you want to tune out. Or we can find out who Brian's going to take with his fourth round pick. Only three picks left, Brian. Uh... I'm just... Uh, oh, I thought I gave you so much time there. You did, and I appreciate it. There's just a, a player whose injury status I'm I'm examining. Uh, okay. So, well, uh, huh. Is it Joe Thornton, maybe? <laughs> see when Thornton's going to come back? Yeah, do you know? Uh, he's I mean, probably he's not going to be back. He's practicing. The... He's doubtful for game one. Yeah, but he might uh, be back in a couple games. Okay, I'm going. Uh, I'm going big on San Jose. I'll go Logan Couture. Yeah, it seems like a safer pick than Thornton. Also on the top power play. Wow. Okay, and now it's my turn again. I'm going to go with someone who maybe I didn't have to grab now, but I'm just going to go for it. Give me Dustin Brown. I already got Kopitar. Give me his line mate on the top line top power play. 
Let me know as the next people pick if I, if I was smarter not to take him. I'm curious to know if he would have been taken. Uh, now we go back to Paul, who has Forsberg, Arvidsson, Ryan Johansson. So two, three Nashville guys. Then he took Panarin. Is he going to go with another blue jacket? Yeah, I'm going to go with Atkinson. Yeah, smart pick. Uh, uh, Paul, like if, uh, yeah, Nashville and Columbus, like it's pretty much decided. If those are the teams that go far, Paul's got this. So I like his strategy. But hey, if Pittsburgh and uh, LA go far, then I think I got this. So we'll have to see. Though so Brian and I are both uh, heavy on Penguins. Who, who do we got next here? So Xavier, who has Marshawn, Kessel, Tory Krug, P.K. Subban. Who you got fifth? Um, I'm going with the uh, Roman Yossi. Ah, uh, okay. So you are very big right now on – oh, no. So you've got now Tampa guys – and then you've got LA and Nashville starting to spread out. Yeah, somebody just got to take the best player available. Brian, I'm curious as Matt. Uh, um, no, I think I, I picked uh, it's Chris. Not, it's Chris pick, not not mine. So uh, oh, oops, sorry about that. Yeah, Chris, okay. who do you have? <laughs> Hopefully not Roman Yonzi, or else we really screwed you. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no, it's gonna it's gonna be Dustin Brown. So uh, I'm a little stuck here trying to pick really between Winnipeg and Nashville. I feel like whoever gets past that round's gonna make it to the finals, but. Other, you know, you get it wrong and you're missing out on some some big games. Uh, I'm gonna go next Dustin year, Bufflin like eight, eight wins. You're going Bufflin? Bufflin? Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, he uh, went far and Winnipeg's good. Bufflin is on that top power play. Is that it? Are we done with the Winnipeg top power play now? Connor, yeah, Line, Wheeler, Shifley, and now Dustin Bufflin is gone. Xavier, we already know has Roman Yosi. I assume you're not changing your pick based on Dustin Bufflin being drafted. So uh, now we've got Matt who is going to have his always anticipated pick. Bergeron, <laughs> William Carlson, Marcia So, Krejci. So he's got a couple Bruins, got a couple Golden Knights. Colin Miller's still available. Matt's not in the chat anymore. Or he's Uh-oh. not in the video anymore. I wonder if he's here in the chat. Uh-oh. Let me, let me message him. Uh, okay. I'm going to try and step in here. So, Kim, I have to say, uh, Kim Atkinson and Dustin Bufflin both high on my list of players remaining. So, uh, good job, Paul and Chris, for nabbing them. Oh, Matt has picked. Oh, I was close with Colin Miller. Matt has gone with Shea Theodore. Matt banking big on a Bruins-Golden Knights final. I mean, if the Golden Knights make it, I'd say, to at least a third round with uh, William Carlson, Jonathan Marcheseau, and Shea Theodore. He's in pretty good shape. And Bradley, actually, Jade, I'm very curious. Uh, Bradley just took Taylor Hall. Did Brad? Did Brad just snipe your pick? Yeah, definitely. Uh, that is that would be a good person to have on the team of players who are going to get a lot of points in round one and then get eliminated. Uh, I don't know about New Jersey's chances against Tampa. But Taylor Hall is a great pick. Brian, uh, quickly about Shea Theodore before Jade picks. I don't know if Shea Theodore is like the. T- I guess he's been good at the end of the year, but even if. Uh, Vegas gets a lot of goals. Theodore goes for long stretches without getting in on them. So it's a bit of a risky pick, but obviously Matt knows what he's doing. He won a couple division, so we'll have to see how it goes. All right, Jade, you've got McKinnon, Drew, Wheeler, Line. Who joins the team? Uh, I was thinking about Hall, Brian, but he actually was not going to be my pick. Uh, I'm going to double up on the Philly players and go with one of my cupful MVPs in Boracek. Nice. That makes okay, sense. So if Philly gets out of the first round, Elon, against Pittsburgh, then we are in big trouble and Jade, Jade is laughing. Nothing. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I feel like you almost have to take, if you're going to take a long shot pick like Giroux, then I feel like you almost have to protect that pick by taking Voracek. Otherwise, it's like, why even use that pick? <laughs> well, long no, shot. Fan, but no. 
Uh, I mean, I would say that if you look at the Vegas odds, I think that uh, Pittsburgh is the favorite to win that series. But it's hard. That's why we play the games, right? <laughs> That's why they play the games. No, I, I'm there. <laughs> I, you know what job I want? Is it a full-time job to be the one who decides if it's a goal or not? I would love that job. <laughs> uh, an NHL referee. No, no, I don't want to be the referee. I want to be the one they call, you know, when it's like a close... You on, well, you're in the right city. Yeah, I need to look into how to get a job like that. You should. Well, also, I is the guy... The son of someone and have played college hockey. I once looked how to be the person to open the penalty box door when they come out, and oh. it was like intense, the requirements. So. <laughs> what? I, I, I'm, I'm very curious to know, actually. Well, Ben, while you're making your pick, Jane, what are the requirements to be uh, the penalty box door opener? Uh, I think you have to have, or they want you to have played like high level competitive hockey. And I'm sure you also have to like know people. Yeah, I'll try to you find- have opened a lot of doors. I've <laughs> <laughs> have opened many doors. You have to be good at not making chit chat when you have really cool people sitting beside you. Right. You have to be not at all be phased. Not the episode, the game. <laughs> they forgot to open the door and Marcia though was stuck in the box and he was banging on the door. <laughs> they actually locked the door? I assumed it was honor yeah. system. <laughs> Well, they, the person who's doing it, like, messed up and, and didn't open it in time. And then, like, his penalty had expired, but he's stuck in there. That's funny. I assume that the player could, like, leave. What if there's a fire? Is this a fire hazard that the player can't leave the box? Anyway, okay. Uh, ben, your pick. You've got Getzlaf. Um, who do we got here? Shifley, Pasternak, Ehlers, Getzlaf. You're all over with a bunch of teams, great players. Who are you going next? Uh, before I pick, is it too late to join the pile on Jade and her uh, first round exit team or oh. <laughs> i don't understand um, what was it? what are you asking to do just to just to just to show shade just tease jade yeah shade on jade shade oh, yeah. jade that could be her uh name if she comes in last place and then the winner gets to choose her team name that could be you know, shade on jade I know ben loves the penguins but <laughs> all right who do you got ben on the Ducks that are going to lose a fight to Brian Sharks and take uh, Ricky Rex, Ricard Raquel. Yeah, got to do it again. I like. I feel like one of the, one of the, you can't just take one player on an underdog team and expect to go far. Like once you're doing it, you go with it. And, and Anaheim's on an underdog team actually, so that's just a really good pick. I'm surprised that more Ducks haven't been taken. So smart choice. Uh, does Ben have the only two? Yeah, I think, I think so. so. Big question: Who even is the third Duck? Uh, I guess we'll find out later in the draft. Gordon I Bombay. Tell... Right, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Gordon know Bombay. Bombay. Oh, Bombay. <laughs> Triple Deke. Uh, wasn't he the coach? Yeah, but yeah, he used he to was. be good at being a player. Did, he, he, triple, a... did he invent the Triple Deke? In part, Charlie the knowledge Connelly, of the Triple maybe? Deke? Yeah, he, I think he was the first one to do the Triple Deke, and then he, like taught it to the team and they used it to great effect became champions so i'm hoping that maybe it shows up in the playoffs and teaches uh carlisle's boys how to move that puck around one thing that's not talked about at all like randy carlisle was like driven out of toronto but he's been reasonably successful in anaheim and i have not seen any kind of like uh, like reasonable analysis on like how much he's had to do with it. Cause you look at the team and like, they're not great. I mean, you have John Gibson standing on his head, but we're asking who the third duck is in a playoff pool. And like, there's not really, I mean, in my opinion, a very appealing option. Well, they're I mean, kind of an underrated, sorry. Oh no, I've been underrated uh, defense though. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I agree yeah, with you. Like, 
Like they I'm looking for like Fowler, maybe. But Fowler's oh. injured. That's gonna okay. be a problem for them. Do they yeah. have Montour and Lindholm holding the forward in the back end? They do have another guy who's on the top line and top power play who's been a top pick for many years in fantasy, though I guess he wasn't right. pointed this year. We'll see if Ray will take him or if Ben will have the option to get that guy. So, Ray, you've got your final two picks here. You started with Leafs, Matthews, Marner, Nylander. Then you got Carl Connor. How are you ending this? Uh, I'm going to go to Winnipeg with Stastny and uh, predicting an all-Toronto all Winnipeg final, all Canadian final. And then I'm just going to throw Backstrom in there because he's, I don't think Washington's going to do much, but he's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Last round pick, Nick Backstrom. Got to take him. Yeah, why not? Too hard to find anybody else. Yeah, I think you have a very strong team here. And hey, don't forget, we're throwing out the last pick. So if Washington gets eliminated, no harm done if you get that Toronto and Winnipeg final. And if not, who knows? You're safe from an injury on Toronto or Winnipeg. Very strong team. Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Connor, Stasny, and Nick Backstrom. Wow. Let's see how you'll do. Okay, Ben, are you going to go with the next best Anaheim Duck? You're muted. No, I am not probably going to do that. Uh (laughs) I'm actually frantically looking at Daily Faceoff right now to think about it. All right. Well, to fill in the gap, uh, Elon, do you remember how we were like really sad about Nicholas Backstrom and how like bad his season had been? Yeah, he was on a cold stretch. Did he end strong? 20 points in his last 19 games. Six goals. Oh. No, sorry. 26 points in his last 19 games. Six oh. goals, 20 assists in the last like five weeks of the season. Not like anybody. Uh, was able to grab him out of free agency uh, unless you were in the shallowest of leagues. But uh, wow, erased all doubt. Like he is probably, I'm trying to think of a player remaining in this draft who is a better offensive player. I can think of one that could compete, but that's it. You know, Brian, there's still one team that hasn't been drafted from yet. I guess I won't. There I is. Won't say who it is. But guess- that's not but their player is not one that I was considering. Oh, okay. So yeah, we'll have to erase all of the mystery. But I'm just gonna say, by the way, that Minnesota is the team that no one's picked from yet. So it'll be fun to see if anyone takes <laughs> anyone from the wild. So secret. We're all winners here. We know what we're doing. So who do we got here? Who's picking next? Ben. Oh yeah, you're still researching. Yeah. Uh no, I'm ready. Um I for, oh, yeah, I'm going to do a fun pick for me. Uh, he Have was fun. shitted on his entire time in New York as, like, a bad playoff player. But I'm going to go with Ricky Nash. Ah, is he healthy? No. no. he's not, Well, he's not playing tonight, but I think he's, like... He's been perfect. skating lately. I don't know. Okay. He could be on. Like, if Boston goes deep... Yeah, for sure. No, he'll be fine. If he's Yeah, he participated in morning skate. He'll, he'll probably be back. I'm sure that they left him out because Boston doesn't care too much about winning this game, even though they could have avoided playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. I always enjoy on like Roto World when you're looking up a player's history and like you see news item, Rick Nash hopes to play on Sunday and the immediate other one posted five hours later, Rick Nash will not return on Sunday. Oh, <laughs> okay. Poor guy. Poor guy. Well, he's always injury prone, but he's, I don't know, if shots were counted, very valuable in fantasy. He'll be another guy that you could take late next year, just like Paul Stasny. No, sorry. Just like Zach Parisi, just like Brian said earlier in the show, I believe. Okay, James, you've got Wheeler, Liney, Drew, McKinnon, Jacob Borchek. Are you going to pad those flyers some more? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> Did I sell good advice? Last pick, but why not go with Shawnee Coots? Yeah, Couturier's had such an amazing season. If the Flyers go far, I'm sure it'll be in large part 
to his great defensive play on the PDO cast. They're always talking about all these different trophies and who they think are going to win. Brian, side conversation. What do you think about all this trophy talk? So like, who really, who really cares, right? I mean, it's really matter who's going to win this. Anyways, I was going to say, I was saying because Couturier, they bring up as like a sleeper for the Selkie trophy. He's always been good defensively, but now he's put up the offense, which apparently you need to do. Even though the award goes to the best defensive forward, apparently you need to also be good at offense in order to be eligible. Anyway, Brian, what do you think? What's your take on, maybe I should save this for the hot takeoff. I don't care who save wins. Save it for the hot takeoff. I care about who wins the Art Ross. I care about who wins the Maurice Richard. I don't know. Any of the other ones that are fact-based. All right, so Jade took, who did she take? Oh, yeah, Sean Couturier. Bradley's already got his pick in of Eric Stahl, the first Minnesota Wild player off the board. So let me just, uh, while we wait. Oh, Matt took Bradley. Oh, wow, this is going so fast. Okay, so Bradley finishes off his team with Stamkos, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Brent Burns, Taylor Hall, and Eric Stahl. And then Matt has his full team of Golden Knights and Bruins with Bergeron, Carlson, Marcheseau, Krejci, Shea Theodore, and Riley Smith. So he's got the full top line there. Yeah, if, if uh, Vegas goes far, Matt is going to be a very happy guy. But he could also potentially end up last place. Though I guess he's got those Bruins guys to pad him a little bit to maybe not avoid last. Because we're definitely going to have a, a booby prize for whoever comes last. So what do we got next here? Xavier, Marshawn, Kessel, Krug, Subban, Roman Yosi. One more. And, and uh, why not uh, Ryan Illis? Ah. <laughs> With his, that's, his, that's Xavier's third Nashville defenseman. Fourth defenseman. Fourth defenseman overall, third Nashville defenseman. Oh, my goodness. Going for those uh, power play assists. If Ellis – does Ellis get if, on the power play? If the, if the Predators roll a two-forward, three-defenseman setup, you are just going to be crushing it. Yeah, Ellis has been so good, so underrated. Like, he gets a ton of points. I think it's a good pick. Why not? If you want someone on Nashville – I guess you're not going to take... Uh, you know who's been really good on Nashville lately? Is it okay if I spoil something that people... I don't know if anyone's going to take... Kyle Turris ended the season with 13 points in 15 games. So, I don't know. We'll see if he gets picked. Nick Benino is a proven playoff performer. Yeah, too bad Justin Williams didn't make the playoffs this year. He would have been first overall in this draft. Uh, so, I kind of figured you had one throwaway with these six rounds. and It was going to be Backstrom. So, I was actually a little disappointed he went. But uh, I'm going to go with John Carlson. Okay. Ooh. Some defensemen That's are finally going just off as the board. good. Kucherov, Hedman, Braden Point, Jeff Carter, Dustin Bufflin, and then John Carlson. So that's your only Washington Capital. But hey, if they're going to score some power play goals, we know Ovi likes to score those power play goals. And John Carlson has gotten in on quite a lot of them this year. I think Carlson actually is the leader in defenseman points this year, if, if I recall correctly. Let me bring up his notes I brought up earlier about all the He was points. as of, like, I think last week's show. I'm bringing up right now. Oh, no. Well, whatever. Okay. I think he is. I'll look it up while we go for the next pick here. Who's picking next? Paul. I'm um, going to go with Seth Jones. Ah, okay. So keeping going with his Columbus Blue Jackets. He's got Forsberg, Arvidsson, and Johansson. He's got the top line on Nashville. Then he's got Panarin, Atkinson, and Seth Jones. He's got top line, top power play guys on Columbus. This is a very strongly directed team. And this is definitely a potential winner or a potential last placer, depending on how like the first couple rounds go of the playoffs. And that comes to me. So I've got Crosby, Kopitar, Hornquist, Latang, Dustin Brown. So I have three Penguins and three Kings. Hmm. You have two Kings. Two Kings. Well, maybe that was a spoiler because I think I'm going to go with my third <laughs> King. Give me Drew Doughty. I want to get on the defense train here. Mm, over Tyler to Foley. Yeah, to Foley. I don't know. Like Doughty's going to be there on the top power play. To Foley won't be there. Or maybe he will be, but he, lately he hasn't been. So, Brian, you end the draft now. You've got uh, Malkin, Pavelski, Kane, 
Gansel, Ben Logan Couture. So three sharks, two penguins. How are you going to end this? Huh. Okay, well, I guess I can just be totally open about my. So I'm looking at two players. One is the the player you mentioned when Braden Point was chosen, a Tampa player who's been on the top power play a lot, JT Miller, who I thought actually Ben was going to take when he mentioned a New York Ranger who was underappreciated. So he's one guy I'm thinking of. And then Joe Thornton is the other. Just like, I feel like four sharks is probably one shark too many. Um, and then, of course, there's, like, Yanni Gord and and Palat. And, like, if the Penguins go deep, then Derek Brassard could be a, a reasonable choice. Uh, he had a pretty good playoffs last year. Didn't Brian Rust have a good playoffs last year? Yeah. I'm, would you take Rust over Brassard right now? Uh, I think so. I'm not into Brassard, actually, for points. I think he's, like, really good for the Penguins and makes them have a solid third line. But I'd rather have the guy with Crosby if I really want All the right. Penguins. Well, this is a pick to try and avoid last place. Uh, like, I'm, I'm diversifying my team a little bit so that, like, if the Sharks and Penguins both have early exits, maybe Tampa will still be playing. And in that case, hopefully JT Miller will be collecting some points. Okay, JT Miller. By the way, I just turned off edit access for everyone. I wonder if that worked. <laughs> oh, access denied. <laughs> Oh, yeah? You can't edit anymore? No, I just got a pop-up. Good. Okay. Load the page. So, so no, Well, the draft, I guess I could go back and listen if I really, if someone really messed up. Now it's all recorded. But okay, so we've got our draft done. That was fun. Thanks, guys. And yeah, we'll chat uh, in the Facebook chat and come up with what the final uh, you know, criteria will be or what the prize will be for first place, what the punishment will be for last place. Congrats again to all of you. We'll give you a final congrats when we go through all of the winner tributes for anyone still listening to this perhaps gong show of an episode. This was a lot of fun. I can't wait to win here. I got Pittsburgh and I've got LA. Exactly what I wanted. It's going to be great for me. And you're all going to lose. It's going to be fantastic. So thank you to our cupful winners for crushing it in their leagues this year and for joining us. We will, uh, they'll get tributed very soon in our uh, I said that. end of season. Okay, good. Great. Okay. So thanks everyone. You guys obviously stick around if you want. Anyone want to have, have any final parting words about the draft before we uh, finish off the show? Uh, anyone? <laughs> Bueller? Okay. Oh, we are done. Mike. All right. So let's uh, do this. What, what do you want to talk about next, Brian? <laughs> uh, we're going to go straight into, we just have our tributes and then we'll do run credits and then we'll thank everyone for listening and we will remind them that we're not going to have a show next week. Two weeks from now will be the next episode of Keeping Carlson. Not true. Brian what? has lied to you. Oh, the hot takeoff. <laughs> We're doing a hot takeoff this Thursday. It should come out Thursday or Friday. So, again, if you want to participate, send us your fun hot takes. Brian, didn't you say one earlier in the show? There's no Tier 1 goalie for next year? I had, no, t- I had a couple. There's no Tier 1 goalie for next year, and the Minnesota Wild are the longest shot to get out of the first round. Okay, I feel like the Minnesota one isn't that hot of a take. I'll give that like a 3 out of 10. Like, I think it's accurate, but I don't think it's that interesting just because a lot of people are into Winnipeg. And I'm going to give your no goalies one as Tier 1. I like that. I think that I'd give that a 7. Like, I don't know if that's a hot take. I think that's winner. worth better than a 7. I don't think it's a winner. I think it's definitely a contender. I had the the trophy talk is, is stupid. Especially, like, <laughs> by the way... Okay, not stupid. I And I actually got caught out last week for saying things were stupid and maybe like, obviously everyone is allowed to have fun, have their opinion, and I should just throw It's just out. that your vocabulary is limited. <laughs> oh, well, that's, <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but I get what you're saying. Like, you said you like the fact-based trophies, and 
I think everybody likes a trophy where like there's an objective, clear meaning behind it. And there just isn't like everybody has like, like twisted the wording that because it's completely subjective behind the heart trophy uh, really to suit their interests. And because there's so little accountability for votes made, uh, like there's no hope that any of it will change. So I think people feel like if they put enough pressure and raise enough of a ruckus about what the award really should mean, uh, then maybe there will be some accountability or some explanation for why certain players are, you know, winning it and others aren't. I mean, every year, the same conversation. Hey, uh, what do you think? Does your team need to make the playoffs in order for you to be eligible for the Hart Trophy? Well, you know, I mean, because uh, like Connor McDavid's clearly the best player in the league, but the the Hart Trophies, does it go to the most valuable? Hey, come on, who cares? Like, I, I don't know. Like, whoever wins this trophy, it's just going to be very subjective anyways. I, I don't even know who I would give it to, but Connor McDavid is the best. McKinnon and Taylor Hall were both so crucial for their teams making the playoffs. I don't know. Anyways, let's not, I don't, now I'm getting into it myself. So why don't we... Calm down for a second, because we have a lot of teams who are not at the level of all of our cacuffle winners who were able to take it all the way to the end one of the most challenging leagues out there. But like I said last week, it's really hard to win a fantasy hockey league. You're competing against 12, 14 other people, and only one person can win. So you could be really good. And you listen to everyone who's being listed here. I'd imagine if this is the last episode of the show, right at the end, all the people who are about to list are probably people who lost in the finals, which is heartbreaking. Hopefully you got a good second place prize. And hopefully you can be proud and you'll come back and win next year. So Brian, let's start our sad, happy Father's Day music. And let's mention the first team that lost. And that is the Busted Chicklets, number 85. Just correction, they're not the first team that lost. They're just they're one of the last teams to lose, so good for them. But still, you lost. First on this uh, list. Dowdy Little Secret. Bangers Embrace. I feel like we've said that name like nine times, so either it's the same person whose team has lost at several different points of the season, like names a lot of their squads that, or there's some kind of joke behind it that is very mainstream that I don't understand. Do you get it? I don't know, actually. Yeah, I hear that name a lot. Is it, like, reference to Bangers Leagues? Well, probably. We're probably like, sounding really dumb. There's probably some, like, hip-hop trend that I'm not aware of. Like the I, would, I, w- I would like to think that I would know that. Okay. Well, let's continue. Speaking of great names inspired by hip-hop, started from Tal Bottom, now we're here. Back at the bottom. Yeah, well, maybe having Talbot was one of the reasons why you weren't able to pull it off, unfortunately. Natural born Keelers. I like that. Spelled like Ehlers. Uh, that's Mathieu, who also had the uh, Umbrellers name under my. Uh, okay. Uh, Pokemon Goals, which is a great name. Great I don't name. Get it. Sorry you lost. Why is it so great? It's like Pokemon Go, but Pokemon Goals. Oh, it's okay. I think it's pretty good. Like, it's a bit it's of a reach. It's definitely the first one I've seen, and uh, I appreciate that. Okay. It was a good shot, and I'm sorry you lost. Green Bay Gulls. Jack the Planet. Flo Kessel. Only a matter of time until that team lost. Shame. Hot Dog is a Sandwich. The biggest debate of 2017. I wonder what's going to win this year for that. Uh, you know what I saw as a follow-up? Thing? Like a taco is a hot dog, or a hot dog is a taco. Tacos entered the fray. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, third wheelers. 
Mrs. Bergeron. Brooks, like we made it. I think I sang that last year too. That's nice. You have a beautiful voice. You should use it more often on the show. <laughs> the Kessel Run. Oh, uh, Happy Meal. Where'd you go? Uh, I'm very distracted because uh, the Boston Bruins scored a goal, and the two guy, the two is Pasternak. The two assists on it put me back in the lead in my points-only league that ends today. I have Bergeron and Ryan Donato, so I'm now up by one. And now I'm seeing that James Reimer might be injured. And if he's injured and Luongo comes in and somehow gets the win without me getting enough points from the rest of my four Boston guys playing tonight, then I'm going to lose. So I'd rather Reimer finish the game. Well, either way, it's three to two. So the Bruins would have to score a tying goal. Oh, yeah. So we'll see. And by the way, it's also very big implications still for the Leafs. It's three to two. So I was saying before how it's going to be Tampa versus New Jersey. Potentially jumping the gun, but we've got our sad music playing. So let's get back to here in our list of. You said Happy Meal. I'll say Sweet Jesus in tiebreakers. Damn. And no, okay. <laughs> Bangers embrace. Either the person told us their name twice, or it's just a really popular name that we are completely whiffing on. Tweet at us at Keeping Carlson. <laughs> what does this name mean? The Millennium Falcon. Someone else had Kessel Run. This is like even more direct. Millennium Falcon. Not even a fantasy reference. Just I like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I was looking for the, the hockey pun. What's Kessel Run? It's like uh, they could do it in four parsecs. They were saying how fast the Millennium Falcon is. And it, it, it could do the Kessel Run in under so many parsecs. It's very fast. Oh. And like, how do you spell Kessel? Or, I forget. I, I probably have it wrong. I, I'm not like the biggest Star Wars guy. I've seen the movies. <laughs> I'm not, uh, uh, you know. Team Badgers. Can I throw it out there also? I went to see the most recent Star Wars movie. It was good. And then afterwards, I went on the internet, and everyone's, like, so mad about it. Like, what the? Luke, that's not my Luke Skywalker. Like, calm down. It was fun. I had a good time. Everyone afterwards tried to make me feel like it was crap, but I thought it was good. Anyway. Uh, where are we here? Forgot about Dre. Harley's Angel. Okay. Like, you really lean in for these picks. Like, you get a workout. You must get a core workout from doing this podcast, all this back and forth. Nobody understands what you're saying. I think Elon is saying how I lean into the mic and then I step away to breathe. You were so... a reference to, Elon? <laughs> Chocolate rain. And you were <laughs> so far away from the mic. You came in, you're like... Like, it was like, Carly's Angel. Like, you could hear the sound difference as you were approaching the mic. Carly's Angel. <laughs> okay. Is that reference to Carlson? Must be. Okay. I shat in Kirk's chair. Always a classic. I prefer I shat in Kirk's bed if I had to pick one, but. Uh, Flatbush Hound Dogs. Windy City Wingers. And Team Hassel Hoffman, whose lesson learned from this season is not to draft a player just to make a team name work. And they <laughs> wish they wish they had chosen the team name Team Hass Hall. No, wait. Team Hass Hall Hoff. That would have been better. Right. If if they went for... I'm not sure. I guess that's Taylor Hall instead of... Instead of Mike Hoffman. No, well, Hoff is still in there. Oh, I guess. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Hall would have been better. For sure. Ryan, you're so into Hoffman. I wonder if next year you're going to change your mind on him. If he keeps playing with... Like, that line? Gangbusters. Yeah, Duchesne was one of the top players in the second half of the year. I didn't end up mentioning it. The league leader's 
for the second half of the season only, which is something I kind of like to look at going into next year's drafts. Most people look at full season stats, but I kind of like to weigh a little bit the second half of the season more just because that's what happened most recently. And yeah, Matt Duchesne, like it's a whole different season, right? His first half of the second half. So a really different story. And yeah, we'll have to see if he stays on the Sands and what the Sands do. If they trade Eric Carlson, I don't know if I'd like Matt Duchesne as much because I don't know how they're generating goals. But okay, we're done now with the sadness of the losers. So, sorry to call you losers, but you were. Unfortunately, I'm also a loser in a couple of my leagues, but I'm also a winner in a couple of my leagues, which was so great. So, let's change the mood, turn on our awesome, happy music. Ba 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 ba! Everyone watching live hears nothing. It's totally anticlimactic. But for the people listening to the MP3, you're hearing this great Dr. Mario winning song as we go and congratulate the people who have won their leagues this year. Hard fought battles, and you did it. And also, like I said last week, like, enjoy it. Sometimes I feel like you win a league and then all of a sudden the next day, you're like, all right, now what do I do with my life? And you sort of let it like go off your shoulders so quickly. But no, you won. You need to really enjoy it. Go out, have a drink, celebrate. Hard work, well-earned. First team, Kovalchuk Army. Okay, now I'm really just, dis- now I'm going to try and speak to the happy music about how I'm distracted because James Reimer is now injured and Roberto Luongo is on my opponent's team. And I was really happy that he wasn't playing. If Luongo somehow gets credited for the win, uh, I'm in big trouble. Okay. It's unlikely, but very possible. How much money's on the line here? Uh, I'm not, I, to be honest, I forget. A lot of pride. Okay. Who, who's this league with? I don't even know about this league. Why, why, aren't I, why didn't you invite me to this league? It's like an Ottawa. It's the league where when we drafted... Uh, we were sitting like across the way from Dion Phaneuf, Mike Hoffman, and Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Cool. So yeah, but why didn't you invite me to join? Uh, it was in Ottawa. All right. I could have made it. Okay. You're invi- I'll invite you next year. Okay. Then you won't win. Although but- I'm invited. I was like the last person in. So like, I don't know that I have first rights of invite. Should I just like, okay, let's actually, in hindsight, let's not have started the music before. Starting the music now. ba 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 Alright, so, Brian, Kovalchuk Army won their league! Dad's Army marches off another Army victory. Jagermeister! Colorado won the Dauber Prospects Fantasy Hockey League. A couple of our patrons were right in the thick of things there. I think Jared was in there, Jade was in there. Uh, Sorry they didn't win. That's a shame, but uh, good job to Colorado. Peter Harling <laughs> from Dabra Prospects. Peter Harling, former uh, contributor to our show. He's been on a couple times. We'll definitely try to get him again soon. He was in the couple, and he made the playoffs, but they, he didn't win. So I don't know why I'm saying that. Uh, Stamkos, coast to coast. Back-to-back winner. Uh, the most English fantasy hockey team named the Bristol Lions, the HC uh won the UK Fantasy League, which I like to imagine as being like one fantasy league for everyone who wants to play fantasy hockey in the UK. 20-team league. Bob Roski. That's pretty good. Yeah, like it's Bob Ross. But with yeah. One, thanks to, uh, we were talking about hat-tricks being the big winning reason. Uh, Bob Roski's winning reason was Pierre-Luc Dubois' 10-minute game misconduct. That's a way to win. Hey, whatever, um, whatever it takes. McDavid is my falking darling. Went from worst in the first few weeks to first. Yes. Amazing. Obviously, Connor McDavid was a big part of that. Art Ross winner. Congratulations. Gino Machino. Espen Knutson, Wella Warrior. Shout out to the first Columbus Cornerstone. 
Yeah, uh, Natural Born Keelers? Weren't they on the other list? I think, uh, Mathieu, I, I think it's Mathieu. He must have had two teams, and one won and one didn't. Uh, Tom team went back-to-back. That's amazing. Going back-to-back, what a feeling. Everyone in your league must hate you so much. Soak that <laughs> in. Go in the chat room and just... I'm sure you already have. Get some good dancing gif. I like the, uh... I, under, I think it's sort of gone out of fashion, but the Napoleon Dynamite dance, I think, is always a tried-and-true bragging gif. Elon, you, be- you, you practice what you preach. You used it today to celebrate patron Brad's victory. Yeah, which apparently is in question today when they announced that Reimer oh, was... Right. I guess now that Reimer's lost or is injured, probably Brad did win. So congrats, Brad. I don't know if Brad needed the start from Luongo or the... I think it might have been the start and no, not No, you're, you're wrong. Brian, you don't... You're, you can't remember all this. So you, you insulted my vocabulary, <laughs> but I can insult your memory. His <laughs> opponent, Brad's opponent has Reimer. That was the problem. He doesn't... He's not involved. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Good. He's won. Um, North Korea! North Korea! You skipped a few. Uh, go for I'll, go, I'll go back. Harbor Road Darts! The bad boys of brunch! Uh, Dan! Dan wrote us and said, Hey guys, it's Dan. I won my league. So he didn't give us his team name. Uh, but congrats to Dan. Who might be Dan H? I'm, I, I'm not sure. Tier 1 or Dan H is my guess. But I, I can't be certain. Congrats to Dan. You don't need a team name. Just your effing Dan. And you won. <laughs> 40 30 Grit Grinders. Dark Side of the Maroon. We have so many names on this list. Congrats we- to everyone. I'm very happy to go through this. I have no plans. I'm very curious. We should have a hashtag that people could tweet at us if they actually made it to the end of this show. Because I feel like a lot of people are not going to be with this draft and then this random list of names. This is not compelling content. But I'm uh- having fun. But if you are enjoying this content, by the way, Elon, I sent you a note about it. So you, I actually am not like haven't filled you in entirely. But I think uh, Cupful Champions Ben, Jade, and I uh, have an uh, might might have a feature coming up where we rank some of the best team names in the Cupful. Ooh, maybe we could do yeah. that on a patron cast and hand out some awards. Ooh, yeah, let's make that a patron cast show. Maybe that could be the May patron cast because the April patron cast is going to be our hot takeoff. We'll, we'll, we're gonna set up the details. We'll let you know. We'll keep everyone posted. I'm excited. I, I'm I'm always up for a bonus episode. I know you're the you you have a very tight, uh, very packed, packed schedule, but uh, I'm up for it. But okay, uh, we're still going through this list. We chat have room. some hashtag suggestions in the chat, by the way, for people who did make it to the end of the show. Uh, Ray as hashtag I've got no life. Ray, I feel like it's more like I've got nowhere to be. Uh, Ryan says I survived Breland. Okay, well, Brian, we have to actually pick one in the end. We can't destroy okay. a whole bunch of them, and then they're okay. Hashtag. Gonna... Well, let's we'll pick it at the end. Let's let the suggestions come in. Okay. We still got this happy music playing. I wonder if I'm gonna have to restart this song. <laughs> uh, where are we on this list here? Dark Side and Maroon, you said, which is very good. Evil Empire. Shovel Days Black Eye. It says Chevrolet Dares. But was yeah, that a that's, typo that's by a you? typo on my part. Okay. Pouliot Method. Uh. What's that a reference to? I don't know. Sometimes I just like to pretend. Method, but... Okay. Uh, Sod 16. What's that a reference to? Oh, I actually, like, I shortened that one because I didn't find it entirely appropriate. Oh, yeah. Guys, you heard Brian's challenge last week, right? He wants you to have team names that are very PG-friendly, I guess, if you want to get on the show. Well, like, not even just, just like... Don't don't go down like the vulgarity or whatever path. Like try and make it work 
without offending anyone. Okay, well, sad 16, you get a pass because you won. But if you lose, then you have to really... Exp- and, I don't know, Brian will probably say you don't get a pass. Let's move on. 97 problems! And losing uh, ain't one! <laughs> uh, Krieg on ice. Lightning in a bottle. Ryan Krieg. Wait, so is this Ryan in both of these? <laughs> yeah, all three of those. Ryan won three leagues this year. Wow, and, patron Ryan K. And he pulled a Dan and just named one of the teams just his name? <laughs> yeah, I actually, oh, I'm going to shut up my own team. Uh, I won my Fantrax League, where I compete against some listeners and some randoms. Uh, my team name, Brian. Good job. <laughs> I thought was- I would name it, and I never did, but I wanted people to know... Because some of them, like, joined because I said it was me. Wanted them to know which team I was. And yeah. now they know. And you won. I, by the way, Brian, did my advice of swapping in Giroux, you were, you were planning on not playing him for the two-week matchup because he had fewer games, did that make the difference or would you have won either way? I'm pretty sure I would have won either way, but it really gave me, like, it made my week a lot less stressful. So I appreciate that. Yeah. And again, I, I think for some of these decisions in weekly leagues, you just take their points per game, multiply it by the number of games they have, and you could make the decision there. And Giroud was above your seven and eight game guys when you did that calculation, so it was an easy choice. Uh, next, Springfield Thunderbirds. O-A-R. Uh, what it stands for? The Olympic Athletes of Russia. Oh, yes. They won. Good for them. Not much fanfare. I feel like no, not many people talked about the Olympics this year. I had no idea what happened in the Olympics <laughs> this year. Like, I think I watched one game. I think I watched Korea-Canada. And, like, who was the leading scorer for the Olympic athletes of Russia? Was it uh, Kovalchuk or Datsuk? I have no idea. I'd expect it to be one of those guys. Okay, what are we doing here? 65! That's Eric Carlson's number. Shark hounds. That's Jade's couple winning team! We'll see if she'll also be... <laughs> she's doing a fun dance here in the video. But we'll see if she'll be able to be a playoff pool cup winner winning team. Uh, I don't think so. Quick as a Debrinkat. It's pretty quick. I guess. Uh, the Gatno Flying Vs. Nice. That's it. We got all the teams. Well, we were going to shout out our Cupful champion team. We already, we already have some. We already have. We're going to give some of them get double duty just because they're so good. We might as well. We skip can this. skip those if we see that we're about to say it again. Okay, here we go. I got it. This show never needs to end. <laughs> We've given what do you all... want to talk about after this, Elon? We've given all of our listeners permission to stop listening, and we won't mind. But still give us that five-star review on iTunes. Don't, don't be like they have ridiculously long, stupid shows. Okay. Uh, the winner of Tier 5 Ludwig Division, Garrett and his team Thor Radulov. Oh. Uh, sorry, I was seeing that Luongo is playing still. Okay. Okay, but winner. it doesn't matter. Just follow the it score. It matters to me. It's three to two, so it doesn't matter who's in net right now. If the Bruins score, then you could worry about it. I'd like to relax now instead of later. I know we're recording a live podcast here. You can't be watching hockey scores. Yeah, this is a very tight podcast right now. Uh, Tier 5 Anton winner, the Choo Choo Train. Choo Choo! (laughs) Choo Choo! Good job, Rob. Uh, Let's go to Tier 5, the Jacob F. Division. These are all, by the way, Carlson's, if you guys haven't caught on. Paul! Of course, Baca. Yes. Paul with Ice to Meet You. Tier 5 William, uh, yes, the winner of Tier 5 William, Unicorn Sparkle Party. Yes. 
that. And that was Ray in our draft. We'll see if he can also win this pool that we did today. Okay, tier five, Melker, who we thought was the top Carlson. We didn't expect that William would actually be the top Carlson. But uh, the tier five Melker winner, new team seven, Bradley. Never named his team. <laughs> uh, the tier four winner, Matthew. In the couple, uh, in our playoff draft we just had, winner of tier four, Smallland, Pickle Rick Nash. Tier four, Vetlanda. Winner, the Sharkhounds. We already said it, but why not again? Sharkhounds. She won, by the way, in the second, no, the third tiebreaker. So she went, it was against Joey, and we made the tiebreaker for the couple whoever made the fewest acquisitions during the playoff round. So there was eight max acquisitions. Both of them used eight. Joey, unfortunately, used a couple acquisitions on the last day that didn't end up changing anything. And if he wouldn't have made them, he would have won. But instead, he went to the second tiebreaker of goals, which was also tied. And then Jade won assists and won. So congrats Wait, to the Sharkhounds. Add on to that even more. Sorry, Joey, to rub salt in the wound more. He actually added Bacchus and then forgot to play him. Oh. Um, that wouldn't have made a difference. But if he had just not added Bacchus, then he would have won. So. Yeah. I feel like as as the commissioner, I would have put in Bacchus if that would have made the difference. I think if you make the if you pick up the guy, clearly he meant to play him. But yeah, you yeah. should have just not added him. Well, yeah. shout out to the unluckiest team in the couple this year, McDonough Happy Meal. <laughs> All uh, right. Tier four Youngby winner, Ben's team. All the Dzingle ladies. I wonder if the the is redundant there. You know that we already shouted out a bunch of these teams last week. Yeah. Month. Yeah. Well, Why now we really this? get it in the con. Like it wasn't like nobody knew exactly how amazing their victory was. Now people know they won the cupful. What a boring episode of the show. <laughs> uh, could, okay, <laughs> this was Brian's idea. Everyone, we should have been done this like a long time ago. I I I even didn't want to do this whole like naming all the teams thing every single week. <laughs> but anyway, okay, Chris, tier four Sodertalj or Sodertaljul. Kovalchuk Army, way to go. The winner of Tier 3 for Lunda, Boats and Hoses. <laughs> uh, okay, that is... You gotta give the first name, at least. Michael, way to go. Tier, uh. tier 3, Boras. This guy wanted to be in this draft, but he is very far away in, I guess, Finland? Denmark. Denmark? Look at my team name. Danish Oh My... Oh, yeah, I guess that makes it pretty obvious. Danish Oh My Darlings. Yepi, congratulations. Um, the winner of Tier 3 Yokurit, Anastasia's team, Agulik. Nice job, Anastasia, with the win in Tier 3. That means she's going to climb up to Tier 1. We should mention, yeah. Anastasia and uh, Yepi, who I'm probably pronouncing wrong, sorry. And Michael, all three, jumping up to Tier 1 with those big wins. And so far, also these two Tier 2 winners are jumping up to Tier 1. We've got the winner of Tier 2, Binghamton, Xavier, and Duke Weaselton. The winner of Tier 2, Ottawa. You might know him. His name is Elon with his team. Retaining Tavares. Okay, thank you. Hey, hold the applause. Just just a normal guy here. We don't need to go too crazy. <laughs> and the ultimate Kakupful champion. The most prestigious prize in all of fantasy hockey. You have to first climb your way up to Tier 1 and then win against all the best players. And that person this year was another guy you know. Brian Com and his Flamingos! By the way, Brian, why is it called the Flamingos? That's been your team name forever. 
Oh, it's a terrible team name. It's just stuck. Like, I had success with it, and I've kept it as a result. I don't name all my teams the Flamingos, just my most serious team, which is fielded in Tier 1 of the couple. is my most competitive, intense, serious league. Um, the reason was that, like, on Yahoo, you could choose, like, a bunch of, like, template goalie masks, right? Like, this is, like... I don't know, eight, nine years ago now. And they just had like these basic icons you could choose. And one of them had flames on it. So I thought I would choose the one with flames on it and be the flaming somethings. And uh, then I thought like, I like Ottawa. So like the flaming O's. And then I thought it would just be great if I combined it all. I like flamingos way better than flaming anything. Huh, that's fun. There you go. That's the story. It's not a good one. Shout out to Mike, by the way, Filthy Animal, whose team was definitely better than mine. Yeah, we uh, did this last week also. You gave, oh, yeah. my, you gave me so much credit. Okay. Uh, so the music's over. Champion. Okay. What's our hashtag for anyone who made it this far? Uh, Which one huh. did you like? I liked I, I've Got No Life. What, what was it? No. Hashtag nowhere to be. Call. I make an executive call. Tweet at us, <laughs> at Keeping Carlson. Hashtag I've Got No Life. If you've made it this far into the but, episode to prove that you are a true fan of this podcast. And thank you for also, everyone who made it this far. Also, no apostrophe. Well, you can't even put an apostrophe in a hashtag. They'll figure that well, out. Well, it breaks the hashtag. So if you try, then we won't know that you finished the episode. Of course. I'm telling. I'm I've hunting. got no life, no apostrophe. Hashtag. Okay. We've got some other suggestions here, like Breland bickering forever. Yeah. For anyone who went to our meetup. Last week, they got to hear us bickering a lot at the bar. I don't know why, but we were really going at each other for no reason. Ray has a good point. He says, I ain't tweeting that. Like, why would someone tweet, I've got no life without any kind of context? (laughs) They can use context. They can be like, I made it to the end of the show. Great show, guys. I really appreciate all the content you've put out there. Hashtag, I've got no life. (laughs) Hashtag, squad goals. Hashtag, you know. Okay, I will... Okay, give an we alternate hashtag. The, the best lead-in to hashtag I've got no life, like the, whoever plays it off the smoothest will read your tweet Okay, on the next show. So let's actually finish this thing. Let's finish this season. Oh of my Keeping God. We the went never-ending so, season of Keeping Carlson. We went so strong for so many episodes and then we end with this <laughs> uh, flaming wreckage. But Shambles. Flaming O's over here. So, <laughs> if you like the show, Tweet at us at Keeping Carlson. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. We love that. We got the hot takeoff coming this Thursday. You should be sending your hot takes in to John Reed right now. KKTakes at gmail.com. Give it, give yourself a chance to win, and you'll get a lot of kudos and a prize on the show. So obviously, also send John. Like, well, we'll have your email address. We'll be able to email you if you win the hot takeoff. KKTakes at gmail.com. And uh, I said, the re- I do. Oh, yeah, if you want to become a patron of Keeping Carlson, we're going a buck for the summer. You get everything. You get to join the Facebook group. You get to hear a patron cast. You're going to get early access to the couple. We're going to be having a lot of discussions of potential rule changes. You want to be in on that. You get to help us support us for no money, but basically just because we love to have a nice list of patrons. So if you're an existing patron, by the way, you could decrease your amount to a dollar. And also if you are not in the Facebook group because you were not eligible before, but if you're a patron, message me, I'll put you in the Facebook group. So there you go. Keepingcarlson.com slash patron for that. And I'm seeing people in the chat room here are saying they want to interrupt me. Brian, do you have to interrupt me about something? Mm, no. The Panthers won. Oh, okay. wait. Yeah. I'm going to shout out how I just won my last league on the last goal of the season. Bergeron and Donato getting assists on Pasternak's power play goal. 
Uh, oh, it was the second last goal of the season because Dad and I have scored, but still so great. I'm so, do you know, Elon, I had a dream. Like, I've really been stressed about this. Last night, I went to, like, I checked the St. Louis Colorado score as I fell asleep. And I had a very realistic dream that St. Louis had had come back to tie the game for all and then beaten uh, Colorado in a shootout, 5-4. I woke up, I checked the scores, and I was, like, shocked. Like, there was no question in my mind that that's what had actually happened. Man, so yeah, you need a break. After this hot takeoff, like you said, (laughs) we said we're not going to do an episode that Sunday, so there'll be a week after that where we start our summer series. Brian, you could rest. Hopefully you'll have nice dreams and not, like, random St. Louis beats Colorado into shutout dreams. Uh, Evgeny Dadunov scores the last goal of the season, ends the year with 64 points in 73 games. That's a 72-point pace. Hashtag Team Dadunov. We called it from the beginning. (laughs) He was especially good at the end. He's awesome. Okay, we're wrapping this up. Let's cue the outro music. And Brian, why don't you go ahead and read us the credits? All right. This episode and heck, this season of the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast was presented by Dauber Hockey and supported by our amazing, outstanding patrons and listeners like you. It was researched with help from Dauber Hockey, Frozen Pool, Dauber Prospects, Corsica, Natural Stat Trick, Charting Hockey, HockeyGoalies.org, Hockey Reference, Hockey Viz, Hockey Database, Lead Prospects, Roto World, and Fantrax. <laughs> Good job, Brian. Ryan threw out a lame fact. You put out the cool fact that Dadanov scored the last goal of the season. Kadri scored the first goal of the season. So there are your bookends. No one picked Kadri in our playoff pool. I'm surprised. The guy who took all the Leafs probably should have maybe gone Kadri. It'll be fun to see how he does. Anyway, okay, we're done. Thanks, everyone, again. KKTakes at gmail.com. Keepingcarlson.com slash patron. Those are the only places you need to know to go. Hashtag I've got no life. If you made it this far... KeepingCarlson.com slash playoff pool if you want to see who we pick. Yes, okay. Bye. Keep on keeping Carlson. What were you expecting me to say your your catchphrase? Well, I don't know. You didn't lead me into it, so I thought maybe... It's a special one. Are you ever going to consider changing the catchphrase? It's like not that exciting. I consider it every single week. Maybe, maybe next year we'll come up with something new. Tweet, tweet, us, us. A, tweet us a new one. A hashtag I've got no life. <laughs> Leave a new catchphrase. Sure. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.